what is up guys welcome to episode number 80 that's 75 plus 5 as bj's math would go that's also the angel number 80 angel i have no clue what it means it's a number of abundance though I, I think you're just looking at weird facts yeah. for the number 80, but we have a special episode today. Guess what time it is? It's NCA tourney time. And I love this music, man. I, lo- I could listen to this for years. I like it, too. I think it would have been better if you sang it. I mean, how are you singing this? You have to make... I mean, is that a trumpet? Is that a synthesizer? I don't know what it is, but you have to make that noise with your body. I don't know, man. It just could be your mouth. You could play the drums on your chest. No, I'm not going to do that. I almost did it. Sorry if I sound a little congested. I'm not feeling... I don't feel as bad as I did, but I'm still not feeling great. Tis the season. Yeah. But hey, just call this my Jordan flu game. Hey, that would be nice. It's going to be a great episode. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's my favorite time of the year. The only disappointing thing is I was thinking about this the other day is after this, we've got NBA finals and stuff. But without basketball, it makes me a pretty sad man. You're skipping a great one, man. And I know it's something that you that you approve of. What? The Masters. The Masters yeah. is right after the NCAA championship. It's still golf, man. I, basketball is where it's at for me. Oh, basketball like, is still king, but I still love watching the Masters. Yeah, I like the Masters too, but in the summer even, I'm, I prefer the Big Three over the Masters. Oh. Yeah. And the Big Three has a bunch of acquisitions this year too, and it's already been good, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, but I'm not watching the Big Three over the Masters. Yeah, I, just, I can't do it. I told you, I'm a basketball guy, and well, I do watch the Masters, and I do enjoy it, and we do have a lot of good friends who are heavily involved in golf. Especially Troy. I feel like that guy bets a lot on the Masters. Well, I mean, they've got fantasy leagues that they run. Actually, Zach is in them more than Troy is right now. Zach, Zach's been high on a couple of guys recently. but Shout out to Zach. I know he listens to a lot of these episodes, so hopefully he'll get his little, his little time, in the sun, in the time to shine, I guess it would be. <laughs> but what are you but, insinuating there? I mean, we don't get to shout out a lot of people all the time, so it's good to shout out people that listen to the show, right? So, hopefully, Zach, whenever he's listening to this, sitting in his pickup, watching airplanes land and take off. I thought maybe it was something to do with what happens when you get married, like maybe the night of. Or <laughs> I thought maybe that's what you're referencing. But. No, I was just giving him a shout out because we. I don't think we've shouted him out in a good way on here. In a good, <laughs> <laughs> we talked bad about his team. I you had I, a win last night. That's a shout out. Yeah, but is Romeo going to play the next game? I don't know. I'd say they, they won handily last night. I'd say probably not. I'd say Romeo's career at Indiana's over. I'd like to hear more about the injury, but I'd say you're probably correct. I'm not, I'm not seeing you do air quotes when you say injury. No. That's, I don't think he's hurt. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I, I'd like to hear more about the details involved with the decision then. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> His back was hurting from carrying the team the whole season. That's what it was. Hey, man, that was my joke. <laughs> it was. I, I was going to give you credit. You didn't give me a chance to. Which I don't think it was necessarily true. But they have had a lot of injuries this year. And, I, you know, sometimes weight programs have something to do with that. So hopefully that's not the case in IU because if they were playing the NCAA tournament, just like I told you yesterday, they were playing the NCAA tournament, he's playing. Probably. Hey, He's playing in the NIT. I don't. And here's but the that thing. doesn't mean he doesn't have an injury, in my opinion. Or, or that doesn't mean he's not hurt. I guess I, maybe I don't know, injury man. and hurt here's are the thing, two man. different things. I respect it either way. I respect the people that say he should play. Actually, I don't respect the people. I see the side of the people that say he should play. Right. But I respect his side. He's got something that he is 
trying to do at the next level. If he wants to sit out, that's his prerogative. I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I don't see anything wrong with it. I just told you I think there was something that he could have proved because these are you know more meaningful games than regular season. Mm. And even though he's played well this season, I think he showed the speed of the game, caught up to him. Anybody who watched him at New Albany – you know, they were expecting a little bit more this season than what he showed. So I think he could have proved something as well with that. I, I told you, man, I don't know really what you're going to prove in an NIT game. There's not really much to prove, to be honest with you, unless yeah. it's something that you're proving for the next season as a team that maybe you all can go into the next season with some confidence. But as far as a player trying to prove something for the draft, I don't see that. Well, I think my side of it is there's he's not going to lose any value by playing in this game. He could. What if he gets hurt? Well, with how much he's already been slipping, if he gets hurt and it's like a catastrophic injury, he's screwed for the draft. Yeah, major injury is, is the route that you could lose value. But as far as playing and not playing your best basketball, I mean, I, I, anytime you're worried about injuries like that, I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, for me personally, that you play the game and everybody on the court has the same percentage chance of getting injured. It's not very high, but unfortunately that's part of competing in any sport. I mean, if you're playing ping pong, you might take a pong to the eye. I mean, it's, it's realistic, unfortunately. <laughs> Especially if you play with Zach. I've seen Zach play before. Yeah, I and, played him recently. Well, actually, I played Troy. That dude's like friggin' Forrest Gump, man. Yeah, they're decent. They're decent. I've seen some pretty good people at ping pong. I, 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 it's, uh, maybe we should set up a bracket for our friends to see who, who's, who's the best at ping pong. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think they can get it past the seven-foot wingspan? I'm like a pterodactyl out there, Did bro. you beat Troy? Uh, a couple of games, but I think oh, – <laughs> I honestly forget. Overall, he might have beaten me, but my $5 paddle was giving him problems. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that $5 paddle came in handy. But uh, speaking of the tourney, which is what what this episode is about. Not ping pong. Not ping pong. Right. We Our, our two teams made the tournament. It's more than what some of our listeners can say. True. Or, or, I'm sorry. I guess Indiana did make a tournament. It's just – not the good one. There's only three letters instead of four. Yeah, not invited tournament. Well, they both start with N. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You but, don't have anything positive to say. I was trying to set you up over there. I mean, if anything, man, I will say this. They as, got a one seed. No, as a positive, I will say this, and this is legitimately coming from the heart. Yeah. It will give chances to fans that don't normally get to go to games to go to games. That is what I do like about the NIT. There, sure. I got to go to some games last year and experience it in a different way uh, with Louisville games because the place was packed. The The people that went wanted to be there, which is what you know is going to happen in the NIT game. You yeah. know the people that are there, the people that don't normally get to go and want to be there. So I'll at least give them credit for that. I like to see what the breakdown of the financial – side of it is as well too like i think the schools might make more on those tickets than what they make going to the tournament games because there's probably a lot more hands in the pot with ncaa i keep saying tournament but with the ncaa tournament so i don't know it might be something to that too but my question to you is looking at the bracket we see ohio state as an 11 seed if indiana were to beat that ohio state team do you think they would have a been in the tournament and b do you think they would have had that 11 seed there? absolutely both of them? Absolutely. They would have been in that spot. Wow. That that was pretty much broken down before that game that whoever won that game was going into the tournament. 
I think they definitely said it was a playing game. I did actually see a couple of the things had them both outside before that game, but that doesn't mean that with uh, with a win there they couldn't go inside the tournament. Yeah, they said the percentages. If let's say the both teams had an eighty-one percent chance of making the tournament if they won that game, it's pretty good. And I think it was Indiana had a nine percent chance of making it, and Ohio State an eight percent chance of making it with either one of them losing. Yeah. So. That head-to-head matchup was definitely, like what we're watching in the background today, a playing game. But Oregon stole a, a team away from it, I think. and then St. Mary's did. Yeah, I think both those were after. Well, so actually, no, St. Mary's was before. St. Mary's finished Wednesday in Indiana. Before played. the first game of the tournament? Before the first. Big Ten a didn't big start game. until Thursday. Okay. Because they're always one of the – they're the last one to finish. They're always the, – them and the SEC seem like they're always towards the end of being the ones to finish. Yeah. And I don't know why that's all, but it's always been like that. I'm good with it. Let, let those teams wear themselves out a little bit more. And, but here's the other thing: they've also said in the past that those Sunday games have nothing to do with what they're doing in the tournament. Well, it seemed to me like the Tennessee game did. I mean, did that not feel like if they won that game? Don't you think Tennessee would have been a one seed? Yeah, but here's the thing: what about Michigan State? Why well, was Saturday? Wasn't wasn't Tennessee? No, Tennessee was won. Tennessee yep. beat Kentucky Saturday and yep. won and got blown out Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Yep. By so, the old coach. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. You take a look at Michigan State, who's a two seed. Right. Michigan State beats Michigan, and there was talk that they could be a one seed if they won a Big Ten, but they beat Michigan and they're still not a one seed. They actually are the last one seed. If you think about it, because they're in the top, they're there in the number one one seeds bracket. Well, that's what they were talking about it as far as breakdown. They said they were the fifth overall seed, though, right? Because they no, they would that would make them the. No, I'm telling you though, they they put out the list of overall seeding in it. Even though there's four number ones, I'm telling you, it's due to geographical location. I think is why they put them in the east bracket. They got ripped off, in my opinion. I, well, that was the argument that they were making. They felt like that's one of the. And I mean, listen. I, I don't see. I don't believe that because I would have put them in the Midwest and put Kentucky in the East, if you want to do it like that. Well, I, I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm not saying yeah. that's 100 percent correct. I'm just saying that's that was the way that was broken down to me, and I, I understand both sides of it. But I do think both those teams, Michigan State and, and Kentucky, lost. So Kentucky wasn't in the running for a one seed. I yeah. think Michigan State and Tennessee were the two teams who were fighting for a potential well, one heck, seed. Heck, even Michigan. I know I, I know I badmouthed Michigan there for a while, but when you brought up they had only had four losses, yeah. Michigan wins that. I, as much as people don't want to hear it, I think they're more in the talk for a one seed than Michigan State is. With Michigan State getting swept by Indiana, I, I mean, I definitely – and at that point they would have had seven losses. Well, I was laughing at that. I think three of their losses are to – I mean, two to Indiana, one to L. It's all local teams. Yeah. So that's why we look at it the way we do maybe. But I, I told you, I think Michigan flies under the radar. I think Michigan is a really, really good team. So I, I think you've got an argument to be made there. But overall, I was, I was good with the bracket. I mean, um, I, I don't think there was any glaring weaknesses. I don't think there was any teams that I felt like had to get in who got in or who didn't get in. Um, I, I wasn't mad this year at all. Yeah. So Louisville starts out in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, facing a team that uh, has nothing in common with them. There's nothing that – there's no big story behind the game, nothing like that in no. Minnesota. Why would there ever be? There's not, a, there's not a guy that used to play for him on the team. There's not a guy that used to be an assistant coach whose dad used to be the head coach here. There's, there's nothing like that in this, 
in this game. Right. He wouldn't even address that. Did you see that, by uh, the he way? Did, he did yesterday or today. Yeah. He's, he, he's pretty pissed about it. Yeah. And I, when he said it the way – when Chris Mack said it the way he said it, I, I agreed with him. He said the, tur- the NCAA tournament – uh, selection committee made a huge mistake because now we're talking about something and taking the focus off the student athletes, which is where it should be. Now we're having to answer questions about something we shouldn't have to answer questions about. Yeah, I was actually talking about Patino was saying he wasn't going to talk about it at all, but I, I do understand where Chris Mack is coming from. I do think the pressure is on him in this situation, but I think overall the NCAA is smart for making this matchup because it's an intriguing matchup, and I think it fit, and it's like I said, they've got to have – like what's, what's the other big selling point game this year we saw? Murray State versus Marquette. Marquette. So that's focusing more on the players. Well, who would you shine the spotlight on in these two games? Okay, so you got to have some type of backstory with it. You know what I mean? So I yeah. like it overall. Um, bad blood involved. NCAA doesn't care about any of that. They care about ticket sales. Yeah, and, but the thing is, is they just kind of say that. So you well, can't who do you sit, want to say that, though? The NCAA has, has said well, we didn't take anything into account when we made this schedule for them. Yeah. They're, yes, they're, yes, you did. And, and here's the thing. I'm not upset with them for doing it, but at least take the, at least say that that's what you're doing it for. Because we could have played Florida. Why, why don't we play Florida? We could have played uh, Seton Hall. No, we, don't. we already played Seton Hall. We could have played Iowa. That's another Big Ten team. Why not just move Iowa over there? Minnesota could have just as easily played Cincinnati or Nevada. And, but they moved Minnesota there. I mean, and not only are we playing Minnesota, we're playing Minnesota in Des Moines. Right. We're supposed to be the higher seed. Why are we playing two and a half, three hours away from where that team's from? Well, you're still the five-point favorite, so I think overall it'll be interesting. I mean, personally, I like what Minnesota does. Um, I've had a chance to watch them a couple of times this year. I, I would say defensively their style of defense is similar to Virginia's. So if you all play like you did in the first half against them recently, I mean, this conversation goes away pretty quickly. Once you get past this game, you don't hear anything about um, the Patino talk after this. So just get past this game and move on I, to I the next one. Here's the thing. I think, we could, I think we should, and I think we will beat Minnesota. I don't really think it's – that I just think that that you're putting Chris Mack in a position he shouldn't be in in the first year he's here. The guy's working with what he's had to do to get us out of that, and then you just throw it right back in his face. That's the thing kind of made me mad about it. He makes a lot of money. He's a big boy. He'll be all right. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think overall it's an intriguing to me. And think about it. As a seven seed, how much do you think UofL would have really got talked about before this tournament? Well, now they're kind of in the national limelight. So, once again, we talked about this before. That's not bad publicity for the school, even if it is focusing on something that he doesn't want to talk about. True. So, we, if Louisville makes the championship, which, I mean, everyone is picking Louisville to do, right? Uh, Louisville's so. path would be Des Moines. Then they would travel to uh, D.C., and then they would travel to Minneapolis. So, not very close to where Louisville's at, but, I mean, think about that, though. Let's say Minnesota made a Cinderella run, which let's all hope that they don't. They could end up playing in Minneapolis for a championship. 
Yeah, I don't see it happening. No, I mean, <laughs> but that would that'd be pretty nuts. I never even thought about that. Yeah, that'd be huge. I mean, there's a couple of teams who are probably somewhat local to that area. I, my problem is, why are we having the national championship in Minneapolis? Out of all the great cities in the U.S., I'm not bashing Minneapolis, but hey, man, let's pick a better city. I, I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you something that I know it's all about the money and everything, but I'm getting real tired of this championship thing only being able to be in a dome i, I don't it's like total that. seating capacity or what yeah i mean but if i've never been to it but i've heard that the viewing is awful for every fan which is what you want it to be as far as uh it comes to a championship so it's it's about the players and it's about the fans and i, I don't know man I, I just i hate that this only dome thing is is a thing yeah, I mean, I wonder if it really is a thing or if that's just how it's been recently. Oh, no, it's only a Final Four and, and championships all in a dome. It's a rule. Yeah, but I'm saying, where's that, a, where's that a written rule at? I think recently that's been the case, and it, to me it probably goes on total seats and maybe because of the design layout of a dome, therefore there's more seating, but I don't think there's actual a, a rule written in stone saying, hey, um, man. It is. I mean, I can find it, but I, I'm positive. Well, I trust you if you're saying it is. I'm just saying that, that doesn't – there's got to be more to it than just saying, why would they write a rule saying, hey, man, let's just put it in a dome? That doesn't make any sense. Because they know they're going to get their money from it. That's what I'm saying. So, therefore, it goes to total seats, which, therefore, translates yeah, to agreed, dollars. I agreed with you when you asked for that, but I'm saying I hate it. I yeah. hate that that's a thing. I think it should go to make it a better experience for the people that are going there to watch it. You're already making a, a crap ton of money off the tournament anyway. Why make another billion dollars off of something else when you're already making probably more than a billion dollars off the other rounds anyway? NCAA does make a ton of money, but I bet you'd be shocked at some of the amount of money that they have to spend on stuff. Like, these contracts for these domes and stuff, rental fees are, are not inexpensive. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you can save it because I'm not feeling sorry for the NCAA one bit. I'm not the fact that, the fact that they make that much money off of that many kids and – there's no return to those kids, and I'm, I'm not really feeling sorry for the NCAA. I'm not saying I'm not trying to make you feel sorry. I'm saying think about it. If you're running the NCAA and you're looking at the NCAA as a business, what is going to be your goal? To have the best product possible while making the most amount of money possible. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't you think a better product is is making it better for the fans in the last two games of the season? Yeah, but I think maybe there's some people who say, this is what I'll tell you. If your team is going to the Final Four and you tell me that you're not going to go because it's in a dome, you aren't going to go anyways. That's I mean, sure. I'm going to go either way. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If if you're telling me it comes to it being in a dome or not, you weren't going to go. That's not even a conversation. So therefore, I don't think I don't think they're doing a bad job. I, of course, you want to have the best viewing possible, but when it comes between letting people in the door and getting the, a better seat, which is our opinion too. I mean, think about it. I'm. Sh- it's like we said, I don't know how true viewing it in a dome compared. I'm sure they've got extra seats in whatever stadium they're in. It's I mean it's terrible. I've talked to people that went to the to the what was it, the Georgia Dome? Yeah. In twenty thirteen. It's awful. It's like the my buddy sat in the upper deck and just said you couldn't see anything. He had to watch it on the Jumbotron most of the time. Yeah. And I don't I don't know, man. I just think they could do better. Yeah. Well I'm, I mean, I think they're making their money. They're good. So, speaking of a team that could possibly make it to to play in one of those domes, your, your UNC Tar Heels. That's correct. 
think they, they've got a tough draw as far as teams in front of them if, if they can win their first game. But they start out in uh, Columbus, Ohio, so you're not super, super far from here. And then we'll go to Kansas City and then hopefully to Minneapolis after that. Um, the Midwest bracket, some people have said, you know, was the toughest draw out of everybody. It's like I said, it, it's the tournament, and I don't think anybody has a cakewalk. Anybody who says they have a cakewalk on paper hasn't watched the tournament the last four or five years because on paper you always want to advance the higher seed or the lower seed, I guess, technically. Yeah. The better, the favorite. Um, team, but rarely does that ever happen. And nobody's had a perfect bracket on all these things they've done with the Warren Buffett thing. If you get a, a perfect bracket, you win a million dollars, whatever. It's, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. So, yeah, ho- hopefully UNCE can keep keep winning. Um, after that loss to Duke by one, I think they should have a little extra motivation. And even though you never want to see a team lose, I think that gives them a little extra rest. So I, I like where they're at currently. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I think the Midwest is the toughest bracket, to be honest with you. Um, I think with just just by looking at names of teams, if you were just taking, oh, man, like you got UNC, Kentucky, North Carolina, that's the three winningest programs of all time, isn't it? So, I believe up there. So, I mean, if you're talking just big names, that's three big names, and you got Ohio State in there. So, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I think even more than that, if you look at even our second matchup, which I'm not going past Iona. I know that, what I tell you, is 27.5 point, or no, 23.5 point favorite. Yeah. But that Utah State team is a surprisingly good team, and then yes. obviously Washington won the Pac-12. Then you get into a team if, for some reason... Well, they, they won the Pac-12 regular season. They lost to Oregon. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. That's what I, I should have specified which one they won. But th- they were by far the most superior team in the Pac-12 before losing in the tournament. Uh, but then you go down to the next game, and you've got potential for either a really, really hot Auburn team coming out of the SEC championship... Um, tournament championship, I should say. And then you've got a potential for Kansas, who, like you said earlier, is a pretty historied franchise or, or college at that point, and you'd be playing them in Kansas City. So, yeah, I, I, I look to that game as being an extremely tough game, but every game along the path is a tough one, so hopefully they can just keep winning and advancing. So i got to bring something up, even though I know it's going to be tough for you to talk about. Yeah? Uh, I recently tied it back up in locks of the week. That's not tough for me to talk about, but what was tough for me to watch was my guy getting absolutely slept when I made that pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, you picked the the UFC fight. That's right. Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal, and I had Darren Till, and he went night night. And I had Duke winning the ACC tournament, which is probably the much tougher pick out of the two because you had to choose between what six teams were left at that point. Um, it was Louisville's first game, so there were. Two teams gone. No, so there was still what uh, Louisville was playing right then, the first game, because it was the night before we lost. Yeah, they were they beat Notre Dame. We were watching them beat Notre Dame. So yeah, but it was over. Remember when we were saying? So I mean, there was probably eight or nine teams left because there was still another game after ours, and technically Notre Dame was still alive. But I agree with you, the game was over. So yeah, it was. There was about eight or nine teams left at that point. And they look good. I mean, we we watched the game even. Uh, Let's be fair. Zion looked good. 
Yeah, but I'm telling you, Trey Jones had a great game against Florida State, which was, to me, that's more important than seeing Zion. I, th- I think we know what Zion brings to the table at this point, and we know how important Zion is to that team. But you need a secondary score, a third score, because obviously Barrett and Williams can't, I mean, carry the whole load. Yeah. It, Zion Winston looked like another level, man. That was, yeah. that was not, like, I know what we had seen all season, but, like, it was like, oh, you all wanted to say that I wasn't going to be the same after this injury? Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm not the same. I'm better. Well, and it's interesting because kind of like with the Romeo thing, there's a couple of people who are saying that was the best call that they made, and they brought him back once he was 100%. There wasn't any lingering. I, I don't think there was any real damage done to the knee. I think it was one of those scare and then uh, maybe hyperextension, maybe yeah. tweaked something. Or maybe even like a small bruise or something. Something weird like or something that well, feels probably, like a bruise. Yeah, it's probably ligaments yeah. is what I guess dealing with your knee. So therefore there was no tears, there was no no real damage, but to sit him out for that time and, and I mean they made the correct decision overall. So good to see him back, good to see him healthy, even though I would have liked to see North Carolina beat them. They're going to be a tough out in the tournament. I told you statistically I heard that they're the hands-on majority favorite. There's bets out there where you can win a decent chunk of change just by taking the field against Duke. And how many times have you heard of that happening? I think they said Kentucky from, what, 14, 14. 15 was the last team who was like that, that that big of a favorite. So I'd probably suggest taking the field on that. What happened in 14, 15? I don't recall. Do you want to inform our listeners? It sounds like there might be Did something the, the you Kentucky want to tell. Did Kentucky win? You know, I, I think they. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, I think they might have had a, an L involved in there oh, at some yeah. point. Yeah, they lost. You enjoy that way too much. I do. I love seeing them lose. <laughs> I can't lie to you. I love seeing them lose. Well, I think maybe it's because, and I'm not a UK fan, but it doesn't happen that often anymore. So anytime that it does. And I so t- my rock of the week <laughs> is. Uh, is a team that uh, kind of stumbled a couple times down the end, towards the end of the season. Um, they end up with a seven seed in the West bracket, and they play tomorrow at six fifty, I believe. I'm taking the Nevada Wolfpack, two and a half point favorites over the Florida Gators. I'm taking them to win by two and a half or by three or more. Which two things about that? First of all, you're you're one and zero picking Nevada in the spread this year. Remember, yeah. so so that's a good sign for you. Second of all, your good buddy John is going to be furious with this pick and uh, furious. Not I wouldn't say furious, but he ain't gonna be happy. Infuriated, what, whatever form of that word you want. And third of all, on my bracket, just so everybody knows, I have Florida advancing over Nevada. But part of that was what I told you earlier. I think Michigan is the team to beat in that bracket. Um, And so, therefore, there's no real loss in choosing that upset there for me. Let's hear let's hear your loss of the week. I mean your lock of the week. I mean. So my yeah, you got there. There's no two S's. It's C K. You know after that. But anyways, my my lock of the week is going to be a homer pick a little bit, and it's a team that unfortunately North Carolina had lost to a couple of years back. A little sour subject there on a tough three pointer to end the game. But with that being said, you know, I've got Villanova four-and-a-half-point favorites over St. Mary's. And to me, this is very comical because you told me earlier, just as my pick, I had Florida over Nevada. 
Would you like to call an upset here? St. Mary's taking the dub over the Wildcats of Villanova. And the St. Mary's are going to need a lot of help from St. Mary in this Zellidoba. case. Is Dova playing? Uh, he's coming back. He's making a comeback. I heard he had a game of eligibility left. And it's still not going to help him with the four and a half points that they'll need. Um, but, yeah, I think Villanova's got Booth and Pascal, who are by far their two best players. Gillespie's in there as well, too. But I, I like what Villanova brings to the table. I think they're flying under the radar because they were overranked all year. Um, watch out Purdue in that second round. The Daniel Grimeses, you got to watch out for Nova. Is Patty Mills playing? Patty Mills is not playing. I might need to – no, I'm just kidding. I'm keeping St. Mary's. So, that, that moves us forward. Now we get to break down this bracket. Yep. Which is what I love to do. I, I think it's kind of funny that uh, – I think we figured this out a couple of years ago. John and I pretty much do this the exact same way every year. And it's just something that the way we've grown up, we've always done it. We have one bracket that we hand write that is like one that maybe we not even, may not even put into a bracket thing, but it is ours – it's our handwritten one. You write it in pen, and that's the one that you and your heart go by the most. <laughs> so, like, I haven't done mine yet. I'll do it whenever I get home because I always do it every year. The Monday after Selection Sunday, I go and buy the newspaper, yeah, and I get the one out of the newspaper, and that's the one that I use as that. My question to you, though, is why would you put anything – so you're saying with your heart means that's how you want it, or – no, because sometimes you'll go out on a limb in some of these bracket pools because you think that there could be an upset. Right, or depending on what you think other people will pick. or Exactly. A lot of different strategy involved. So in when you're playing against no one but yourself, you're like, all right, this is what I think is going to happen. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, I, at least that's my reasoning for doing it. I don't know why John does it, but that's why I've always done it. Right. I've always gone into it as, okay, here's a bracket thing. Because if I'm in a bracket pool – I may not pick Louisville to win at all, where I might do it on one of these. I'm not going to do it on my regular one, but you know what I'm saying? Like, in a normal year or right. something like that. Well, it's like I told you before, too. I used to do a ton of brackets, and you try to formulate an equation that says, you know, you gives you the best chance possible of winning in multiple forms or fashion. But anymore now, I told you three or four years ago, I said, hey, I'm going to do one bracket, one bracket only. I'm going to enter that same bracket in any of the ones I play in. Um, hasn't been great as of late, so I'm hoping <laughs> this year turns that around. And it's like I told you, too, I, I'm a homer, and I've got bias involved in any time that North Carolina has a chance to win a national championship, which I think is pretty much every year, I take them in the national championship. So ho- hopefully this year they have a good chance, and hopefully they can make something happen, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So starting in the East bracket, we have a uh, – we have a game that just actually ended. It looks like Duke will play North Dakota State in the 116 matchup. Um, I don't think either one of us are going to take the 16. Is that correct? I wouldn't even take the points if you gave them to me. I haven't seen what the points are. I'm going to guess probably around the 30-point range. I would probably say, yeah. I'd say they probably will have the highest spread of the first-round games. Which we saw. What, what was Gonzaga's? 27 and a half. Okay. So I, I would say that they're probably going to be either 28 or above, if I had to guess. I'm yeah. agreeing with you there, yeah, I think. So uh, we both have Duke moving across there. Moving down, we have uh, VCU and UCF, the power of the acronyms. Yeah. Um, 
But these 8-9 matchups are fun, man. I think every year the 8-9 matchups, I mean, usually they're like a point spread on them, a pick them game. And this year there's a, a lot of good matchups in that 8-9 seed. It's, it's weird, though, man. This is the only one that I changed my picks on a couple of them. Every other one I picked the same one on all of them. Hmm. Which normally I'm like what you're saying – this year, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't. There's one team that I feel more strongly about than the other one, and three of the other matchups. But in this VCU UCF matchup, I could see this going either way. Uh, I feel like Taco Foul could be a matchup nightmare for VCU, but if you get him in foul trouble early, the guard play of VCU could definitely eat them up. Right. Well, and Taco Fall only plays a certain amount of minutes a game. I mean, I think overall you got to make him get up and down the court. Like, yeah. with all the pros that he brings to the table, there's there's some cons that come with that as well, too. But I agree with you. I, I've got UCF in the underdog victory, um, and I think VCU is a scrappy team, but um, that probably what made my decision was watching them against that Cincinnati team, and I think Cincinnati isn't a bad team, so I like where UCF is at currently in the season, and I think they advance. That's a, that's who I have winning as well. Um, moving down, we have number five, the number five seed in the East, Mississippi State, playing against Liberty. This is a game I struggled with. Um, I think really outside of your top three, and I, right now I would move Auburn in that top three ahead of LSU with the way LSU ended the season um, and the way that Auburn ended the season. I would say outside of that top three, I'm not real sold on the SEC, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, I do have Mississippi State moving on, but I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Yeah, I, I like this one, and this kind of comes into my strategy that I told you earlier. If I think I, there's a team that's going to advance over a team in the next round, you, you're mitigating your risk there. So you're not really losing anything by taking the upset. Absolutely. We all know there's going to be upsets in some form or fashion this year. It's only a six-and-a-half point spread on it. I think they've got good balance scoring at Liberty. Um you know, don't don't take any guarantees on this, but personally I have Liberty advancing over Mississippi State. It's like you said, Mississippi State had some losses this year that were kind of glaring weaknesses, and hopefully Liberty can expose that by knocking down a couple of three-point shots on them, and I think that will help propel them to a victory. I don't think that's a bad pick, to be honest with you. I, I did pick Liberty in, in one of my other ones. I don't, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. Uh, moving down, we have a team that we're both pretty familiar with, uh, Virginia Tech out of the ACC playing against uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have Virginia Tech. I think you do as well. I do as well, and I think Virginia Tech is poised for a big run in this NCAA tournament. I think Blackshear is a key piece to that inside if he can stay out of foul trouble. And then they're getting Robinson back, so I'm hoping he is 100% healthy, not just highly healthy. My guess is with him coming back now, I would guess that he is – he is going to uh, be a hundred percent, because I don't think they would bring him back at all if he was if he wasn't one hundred percent. I hope I hope you're right. It's like I said, I, I've got them going a decent length on this, so I, I'm hoping. And, and defensively is where they they make their bread, so to speak. But I, I like Virginia Tech a lot. Moving down, we have Maryland playing uh, Belmont, who did beat. I'm sorry, your your Temple Owls. Yeah, that one hurt. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night. I was 
at a concert, so I didn't get a chance to watch either of the games last night. Belmont looked good. That's what I'll tell you. Belmont worked the ball around. They didn't have turnovers. They had a big guy who was making moves over his right and left shoulder, Prasinski. They also have a couple of freshmen who will be there for the next couple of years. But the thing that impressed me the most was their leading scorer, who averages 20 and 10 on the season, went like two for nine, two for seven on the game, and was not impressive whatsoever. So for them to come out with a you know, big victory over Temple. I thought Temple would have given them a little bit of trouble with their size, length, and athleticism, and, and Belmont blew right through them. Yeah, I mean, you have them playing a Maryland team who uh, is led by Anthony Cowan, a kid we got to watch play at the King of Bluegrass. Or, yeah, the King of Bluegrass. Yep. Uh, they're led by Anthony Cowan as well as um, a big man, Bruno Fernando who is, I've seen recently, sneaking up into uh, a lottery pick or right outside the lottery pick and NBA draft uh, mocks. So, I mean, they're definitely good, and I've seen people pick different differently on this one. Uh, I went ahead and picked Maryland. Uh, I think they'll have too much firepower for that Belmont team, but uh, don't be surprised if Belmont, Belmont gives them a game. Yeah, I took Maryland as well, but I think you just mentioned the key. I think they're going to single team. They're not going to run doubles down in the post because I think he can stop them one-on-one. And that's what Belmont wants to do is they want to shoot the three. They shoot the three at a high clip. So it's kind of one of those deals. If they can shut down the interior, they're technically shutting down the exterior by doing that as well. You'll laugh at this, but Belmont is extremely high in a lot of statistical categories. They're number one in assists per game out of the teams that are in the tournament currently. They're number four in three-point attempts per game, and they're number five in not fouling per game. That's a big – that's honestly a huge stat. I like it. And then they're number two in field goal percentage. So think about it. This Belmont team is a really good team. And in – when Murray State beat them in their conference tournament, they were not 100% healthy. They didn't have the big guy, Persinski, or however you pronounce his name. Um, But he had an ankle injury, and, and he's back now, and he looked healthy last night. That's what that is. A, that is one thing that I heard from a lot of people is that their big guy looked really good. Oh man, I'm telling you, I didn't see a miss, and it was both hands, and it's simple moves. And uh, I told you Reggie was doing the commentating, and he was just like, "We don't see this anymore. This is not something that you see." But he was playing him to his left shoulder. Then he'd hit that. Okay, you just made that move on me next time, and and I mean he's catching in good position, so. He passes out of the post well as well, too, and that's why I say if they're going to double, if Maryland runs a double at them, you better have a good defensive rotation because Belmont can shoot the lights out. Yeah, so moving down, uh, LSU, who we were just talking about, um, this is my first upset. I have Yale beating LSU. I think LSU has struggled going down the stretch. Obviously not having their coach is going to be a big deal in this one. I agree. Uh, that's, that's why I'm taking Yale to make, make this upset. And I like Yale. I think Yale is a good team. They've got one of the better players in the tournament who's an unheard of guy as well, too. But I think LSU still has enough firepower in the tank. I think LSU and Nas Reed, Tremont Waters, um, I I think they're poised to make a run as well, too. It's like you said, I'm worried about not having their original coach for the season there. I think that's a huge dish advantage. Um, But, man, they make up for it with the talent on their team that possibly they paid for to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Allegedly. Yeah. So, moving down, we have the Louisville Cardinals playing the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We've already kind of gone into depth a little bit about this one. Uh, So, we'll just – Talk about who we have winning. I have, I have, um, wow, whoa, 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 I have Louisville winning. 
And I personally have Minnesota winning, and, and I think that pack line defense is going to give you guys a little bit of uh, – Problems. The other thing that I comes, think comes into play is uh, Minnesota is the third-ranked team out of all the NCAA teams in this bracket in getting to the free-throw line. So will they hit their free-throws? I think that will be the key to the game, but, but I think they, uh, they nip you guys on this one. That's fair enough. I disagree, but hey, guess what? That's why everyone fills out brackets. Correct, and I don't wish that U of L loses. I just I'm trying to pick with what I think will happen. It's Absolutely, like I said, this is my only bracket that I'm going to do, and I, I think Minnesota. I watched them that Purdue game that I uh, um, Daniel Grimes told me was a lock of the week that week. Yeah, yeah, and he was wrong on that. I mean that that's that D guy. He's you know as far as his lock of the weeks, so I don't trust that guy. Our next two games, I think we both have. Um, we got the two seed Michigan State playing Bradley, and then Gonzaga playing uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. I think we both have the chalk there. I'd agree. And, and Michigan State's gone out early in the last couple of years. That's what scares me. But I do not think Bradley is the team to do that to them. Same thing with Gonzaga. I, I think Gonzaga plays a couple of teams that are not on my radar, so to speak. So yeah. Gonzaga is vulnerable, but not in this game. Moving down to uh, the 8-9 matchup in the West Bracket, uh, you have the Syracuse Orange playing the Baylor Bears. I like this one again, too. See, this is one that I, I don't. I don't I don't really trust a lot of the Big 12 outside of a few teams. Uh, I don't really think Baylor's that good of a team, and I think that the zone bothers any team that doesn't see it often. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the stylistic matchup that yeah. Syracuse brings to the table, and I think that's always an advantage for them. Because I, I, I heard a, a uh, kind of a story, I guess, the other day when Syracuse was playing. Uh, I think it was when they were playing you all. And they asked Bayham about um, him playing zone if he ever thought about changing it. And he said, no, if you look at it in college basketball, there's not anyone else that does the zone as much as we do. And, yeah, it may give somewhat of an advantage to some people, but if I recruit the type of players that I want to recruit for this zone – there's a lot of teams that can't play against it. Right. The only thing you know is it's a specific type of zone. I mean, it's either a 2-3 or a 3-2 matchup zone, and in my opinion, it's a 2-3 more so. But they bring their wings up pretty high. Yeah. But there's weaknesses in that as well, too. And obviously, perimeter shooting is going to come into play there. Offensive rebounding is going to come into play there. Um, I think, surprisingly enough, Baylor is a great offensive rebounding team. They're third out of all the teams in there. With that being said, Said, uh, it's like you mentioned earlier. I think Syracuse has something that Baylor will not see on a regular basis, so therefore I've got Syracuse advancing. Uh, moving down, we have one of the more intriguing matchups. To me, it is the most intriguing matchup of the first round of the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, besides our favorite teams playing, that's yeah. always going to be my favorite, but this is the game out of any game that I want to see. As soon as I saw this one pop up, I got, like I was like a kid on Christmas Day. Yeah. Like, I was pumped. Well, and it's like you mentioned earlier with the Minnesota U of L. There might have been some thought that went into this one. Yeah. Marcus Howard has had a couple of monster games this year and pretty much carries that team. John Moran has raised his NBA draft stock higher than anybody I've seen this year. I mean, you mentioned who's the guy you mentioned earlier too? Um, Bruno Fernando. No, no, no. But there was somebody. He's on that list. But there was somebody else who we were talking about before the episode. Uh, Jared Culver, maybe. Jared Culver. So he's another guy who has boosted his draft stock. Some substantially but I think you know John Morant is a great player I think 
Marcus Howard is a great player. I think Marquette has the better team, and so I'm going to take Marquette to move on past the John Morants of Murray State. In the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Give me the Murray State Racers to pull the upset over Marquette. Marquette has struggled down the stretch, ending the season at 1-5. and five. And I'm taking Murray State, who won their conference tournament, coming off of uh, beating that Belmont team that you were just speaking so highly of. Uh, granted, it was without one of their better players, but, hey, Marcus Howard has struggled down the stretch as well as Marquette. I'm taking Murray State. Yep, Murray State's third in overall field goal percentage out of the teams in the bracket, and then they're also third in three-point defense. So I think that three-point defense is going to come into key against Marquette. But I, it's like I said, I, I still think Marquette is the better overall team. So Do I, they guard I, I, each other? Uh, you have, In my opinion, you have to. We watched Morant does not typically guard the best player on the other team. I would almost put that uh, two guard on Marcus Howard. I think. Yeah, eleven. I would put him yeah. on. I would put him on Howard. And if I'm Marquette, I really don't want Marcus Howard to guard Morant because with Morant having the ball that much and how many screens he comes off of, you don't want to put Marcus Howard because that's going to wear Marcus Howard out on the offensive end. Yeah, but I don't know if uh, Marquette has it. It's like we said. I think. Murray State might be the better option with the two guard being able to guard him. I don't think there's somebody who Marquette wants to try to stop Morant, whereas Marcus Howard is just going to have to play with his hands behind his back because if you reach, John Morant will teach. And here's the other thing. Morant's going to get his free throws. Morant's like – is like James Harden, man. He's going to get to the free throw line. And a lot of times that's how he gets himself into a rhythm. And that's where I think a lot of these guys that are in college basketball are missing in their game. You'll see John Morant maybe struggle at the beginning of a game. He'll get to a free throw line a couple of times, see you go through the basket, and then he'll start picking it up. Right. He did it a lot in that Belmont game. Yeah. Well, he's also a willing passer, and that's the big thing. I think if the big guys step up and try to block those shots, he's dumping it off for a lob, and it's going to be an easy bucket. So, yeah, he's, he's a great player, and it's a great matchup. It'll be interesting to see. I can't I can't wait to watch it. 4.30 tomorrow, you said? Uh, yes, 4.30 tomorrow. So That's a game to watch for sure. Yeah. Out, again, outside of our favorite teams, obviously, yeah. Or outside of everyone's favorite teams. Because just like you said, everyone's favorite teams is going to be the one to watch. But in my opinion, out of every other game that's not my favorite team, that's the game that I'm most excited for in the first round. Well, and the 5-12 matchup is always interesting each year. You'll laugh at this, but not previewing too far ahead, I've got another great 5-12 matchup coming up in the future. Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to scan real quick. Don't scan, just go on to the I'm, next I'm looking, I, I, no? know which, I already know which one you're talking about, but I will not bring it up. But moving down, we have another team that we're familiar with, the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, the ACC tournament runner-up to Duke. Uh, upset Virginia there in the semifinals to make it to the finals. Had a good, nice run in the in the ACC tournament. They did, and they looked really good. Yeah, that was the best basketball I've seen them play as far as basketball. Notice I'm saying basketball. I think that team has a ton of size, length, and athleticism. I think they've got depth as far as total amount of players they can play. Um, I, I think as far as skilled players, they've only really got like two or three guys that are highly skilled players, and that's what impressed me was they were playing good team basketball. Absolutely. They play against a team that um, traditionally they have decent runs when they're in the tournament. I don't think they will this year. I think Vermont's going to lose in the first round to the Florida State Seminoles. I don't think it'll – I think the uh, – some of the pundits are saying that it will be closer than what people think. They're still picking Florida State, but they think that the matchup 
uh, it's going to be a tough one for Florida State, but I don't think Florida State will have any trouble. Well, you know what? I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think Florida State advances, and I think part of the reason why, and, and this is no disrespect to anybody making decisions or this team in general, part of the reason why Vermont got a 13 seed and was probably seeded higher than what they would have been as far as their skill set is because of what they've done in the past. So I can't knock that, but Florida State, I think, um, hopefully close to double digits on, on this one. Yeah, so moving down, we have a team that made noise all season. They actually got a win at uh, Syracuse. Uh, they had another big win, which I can't remember who it was. Looking uh, at their schedule, they had two or three. Yeah, and uh, only in a, the season was, what, four losses? I believe that's correct. Maybe uh, even three. Yeah, so they'll play the winner of the game that's actually about to, to take place. Uh, Buffalo will take on the winner of St. John's and Arizona State. St. John's was one of the hottest teams to start the season. Uh, St. John's started the season, I think, 11-1 and one or 12-1, and one, something like that. They kind of stumbled a little bit and picked it back up towards the end of the season. But uh, I think Arizona State wins this game tonight. And uh, I don't think either team has anything for Buffalo, though. I have Arizona State winning tonight as well, too. Not that that matters, but I think Arizona State kind of has not a defensive mentality as far as Syracuse where it's different, but that four-round one offensive set is something that Buffalo will have to deal with. Luckily, Buffalo is a great defensive team, and it's like you said, they've got a bunch of great wins. They beat West Virginia was probably the other team that you're talking about. Syracuse was the other team that they beat, and then a loss to Marquette as well, too, but they've played some decent teams. I think Buffalo advances over Arizona State in this case. Moving down, we have a local team, uh, semi-local. They're from Kentucky, northern Kentucky. The Norse will take on the three-seeded Texas Tech Red Raiders. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, the spread was, I think, 12 and a half. Uh, I think we both agreed when we were looking at that. We think the game will be a lot bigger that than that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think Texas Tech has zero problems with Northern Kentucky in the advance. Yep, same thing. Keep it short and simple. Texas Tech is a team that impresses me, and I think they, they got a tough matchup because it's like I said, I think that Buffalo team is a good team defensively, but I've got Texas Tech advancing in the first round easily. The next game we, have a, we had a bit of a debate about. Not really a debate, but we definitely differed in opinions on this one. That's correct. Uh, 7-10 matchup, Nevada, Florida. Florida played pretty well down the end, down the stretch. Ended up losing to uh, Auburn in the semifinals on what could have gone another way with that missed foul call at the end of the game. That was that was one of the worst missed foul calls I've ever seen at the end of a game. Yeah, the only debate that I'd say with that is if you're Nemhar there. If you you talked about Barrett before this, having three guys on you, probably should have passed it in the first place. We'll see. And this one, this is where even if this was Barrett, I would argue in this person's favor. Yeah. You're driving, and you know in your mind, because you see Bruce Pearl say, if we get a three, foul. And foul when you get across half court. Yeah. So, I didn't see that. So when you're that player, you know, hey, if I can get the ball right here. Right. And they're going to foul me as soon as I get across half court. If I get a shot up, it's going to be three shots. Well, then in, in that case, uh, I'm not putting the ball in Nemhard's hand because he is by far not the best shooter on that team. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not. But I think, I mean, it just it's where it is, as as the saying goes, it's where the cookie crumbled, and right. then it happened to get there, and he got hacked on a shot. I think there was probably a foul. I wouldn't necessarily say he was hacked because it looked like one of them did get ball. It looked like the other one got all on. But I'd say there was probably a foul there. Yeah. 
So, but either way, Florida Florida lost by three uh, to Auburn, and either way, I feel like they struggle too much this season. Some people may say, well, Nevada didn't play anyone. That's fine. I still like the pedigree of what Nevada brings back from last year's. Uh, I think it was a Sweet 16 team. Uh, I'm sticking with Nevada. I'm, I'm moving the Wolfpack up ahead over the Gators. Well, I'm going to move Florida, and the key to watch in this game is turnovers. Nevada, out of all the teams in the NCAA tournament, are fourth in least amount of turnovers per game. If Florida can turn them over like they do a lot of teams, um, I think Florida's got what it takes to move on to the next round. Yeah, moving down, we have the 215 matchup, Michigan and Montana. I don't think either one of us are going to vary on this one. We both have Montana, right? Yep, Montana, the, the team that <laughs> Michigan didn't even know, which this is the second year they played them in a row, right? Didn't I'm they just say kidding. that? I, um, I'm not sure if they played Montana last year. They might have. They were talking about it in the interviews. They were asking Xavier Simpson, Charles Matthews, and uh, I- Iggy Brasdakis, hey, what do you know about Montana, the state in general? And they were clueless on it. So, not that that has to do with anything well, on the let's court. Let's be fair, okay? Yeah. If I put you on the spot and said, hey, what do you know about the state of Montana? Geographical location. Exactly. So, I, I never really looked too much into that. Unless you're from Montana or you're a fan of the state, of, of the college of Montana, I'm not really going to hate on anyone. No, I'm not. I, I thought it was comical. That's what no, I'm saying. I, I, I know you're honest. not. But, that, yeah. like, I feel like that reporter is doing that to kind of pick. But it's like... No one knows anything about the state. It's like saying, do you know anything about North Dakota? Right. Well, I don't know anything about North Dakota. Hey, I've been to North Dakota. I, I flew into Fargo, and let me just tell you, in Fargo, I think they had four hubs in their airport total. And when you fly in, where you drive out of, there was a ton of uh, hay bales out there. And I, <laughs> I promise you, it was like, oh, man, this is what I'm flying into type of deal. So, yeah, I had a Shriners convention out there. It was, it was a pretty nice. pretty good time, actually. But I was just kidding. We both had Michigan moving forward. Correct. And I think Michigan is a team to watch this year. I think Michigan's first in the least amount of turnovers per game. They're fourth in three-point defense. And they are second in not fouling per game, once again. There's a lot of key stats that I look at in this. But, obviously, the eye test is what I go with overall. And this Michigan team, they're tough, man. I'm telling you right now, they, they are tough on both sides of the ball. And I, th- I think they could make a huge run in this tournament. Uh, moving forward, another team I don't think we've, we vary on the, on the pick. I have Virginia beating Gardner-Webb, which is a name that's very familiar in this area. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that name would be so familiar, but maybe because they beat Kentucky in the past. But uh, – well, it could have been. I thought maybe it was because there was a girl I went to high school with who played um, basketball there. I thought that's what you were referencing, but no. Of course By the way, I just uh, received a, a message from a former guest of ours, Yeah, uh, Mr. Grant Shaney. Just picked Duke and UNC in the finals with Duke winning it all. Please tell me this won't be a correct pick. <laughs> so, Good answer. Uh, as far as saying you hope it's not a correct pick. Th- no. no, that's what he said. He yeah. said, please tell me this is not a correct pick. That's what I'm saying. Good answer on that, Grant. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, moving down to the eight nine matchup, this is another one where uh, you know you said that you you thought a lot of these eight nine matchups. I don't really think it is. Uh, I, Ole Miss is another one of those teams I don't really trust. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma, and I, I think Oklahoma wins by nine to ten points. You know what I think is key. I think guard play is key, my good friend. And I think Ole Miss in this matchup has the better guards. And, and I think Ole Miss is not the heavy favorite, but I, I'm going to give the it's edge. It's a pick game, actually. 
Is it? Yeah, one point? Pick them. So I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Ole Miss, though. I think Oklahoma um, isn't a bad team at all, but it comes down to the guard play. Oklahoma doesn't turn the ball over very often either. Another one of those teams, third least turnovers per game. But I, I like where Ole Miss um, was earlier in the season. I'm hoping they can get back to that. Moving forward, we have a 5-12 interesting matchup. Uh, normally, I wouldn't have said this is an interesting matchup, especially since I crapped on the Pac-12 all year. True. But with the way Oregon finished down the stretch, beating <laughs> beating Washington, uh, I actually took Oregon in this 5-12 matchup to beat Ethan Happen the Badgers. And I've heard a lot of teams taking Oregon, and I think defensively Wisconsin just has too much for them. Um, I, I, not to preview too far ahead, but let's say Wisconsin can get past this game and the next game. You've got a fantastic basketball game to watch. Probably the highest scoring game of the year in Virginia versus Wisconsin <laughs> coming yeah, up. Absolutely. So, you know, you better mark that down on your calendars. If folks. you want to go in and paint a room in your house and maybe watch the paint dry, it'll probably be about same thing and watch an offense in that game. Hey, Mr. Uh, Super Bowl here. Yeah. Defensive battles. Championship, baby. Championship. That's what I'm saying. Defensive battles or lack there of offense can be good games as well, too. <laughs> I say that all sarcastically, but I do think Wisconsin advances over Oregon. Oregon is the hot team currently, um, but defense wins championships. Yeah, I don't think we'll worry about Wisconsin winning the championship. No, no, I don't think so either. But <laughs> uh, Moving forward is the team that I called a sleeper all year but took a uh, big hit with the announcement yesterday that Dean Wade is doubtful. They're napping. Your sleeper's napping. Yeah. I don't think they could make the run that I thought they could without Dean Wade. Uh, I think Dean Wade is a key team. Key person to their team, which showed this year when he came back. For sure. And Brown's going to have to have monster games. Absolutely. Uh, I have them beating UC Irvine, who I think is not a terrible team, but I'm, I'm not really sure how much further I can move Kansas State after this round. Aren't, is, is UC Irvine the Anteaters? Yes, they are. Okay. So in this case, you got to have a better mascot. And so, therefore, solely on that premise, I'm going to have. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Kansas State, I, I like in this first round without Dean Wade even. Um, that next match up with Wisconsin and K-State is where I think not having Dean Wade catches up to them. So I've got K-State moving and then losing. Yeah, uh, moving down the upset that, that you let everybody know that I had ahead of time. I'll go. I'll save the. I'll save the talk about it. I have St. Mary's beating Villanova. Yep, and I already gave your reasons why I think Nova is the team to beat in that, and um, it should should be an interesting game though. St. Mary's does not impress me. That's what I'll tell you. Moving forward, we have the uh, running Daniel Grimes's against the Old Dominion. Was the I think they're the Tigers or something? I don't know what they are. I don't know. They're just Old Dominion. It doesn't yeah. matter. ODU. It doesn't matter if they're going to lose. You down with ODU? Oh, is that no. how it goes? No, you don't my, know me. My, my bad. I thought that's how it went, man. Purdue moves forward. Bingo, Purdue hit the nail on the head. I, I don't even want to discuss that one. Carson Edwards, monster game. Purdue moving on. Moving down, we have a, a Cincinnati team that beat Houston to win the American, playing Iowa. Uh, another team out of the Big Ten who actually had the most – teams in the tournament this year. I think they ended up with nine ACC with eight. Uh, maybe if NC State had scheduled anyone outside of the confer- uh, outside of their conference schedule, they might have made a tournament. <laughs> what could have, should have. They had the – I don't know if you saw that. They had the dead last schedule for out of conference. No, I didn't see it was that bad. Yeah, it was ranked – seriously, I'm not exaggerating. They were very last in out of conference strength of schedule. 
which it's like we said, I, I know inside the ACC they have a monster schedule in that of its own, but you got to win games. I mean, look at look at our schedule. Look at your all schedule. Look at Duke's schedule. Yeah, at least play at least one good team. You are dead last in out-of-conference strength of schedule. Yeah, but that's why I'm telling you. That's why they did it. It's like Gonzaga. Gonzaga had to add a couple of teams in there. Uh, in NC State's case, they go, all right, we're going to rely on this. But it's like you said, they, they look at that in the bracket committees, and they Absolutely. say they're they're not going for it, so why should we put them in there? By the way, the, the, the tandem there, that wouldn't be a bad guard tandem back in the 90s. Or the commentators we got pointing here. we got Jim Jackson and Steve Smith commentating this Arizona State game. How would you like like to have that tandem in college? Oh man, in, in college or in anywhere? Well, yeah. I take the I take that college team though, man. The two Big Ten guys, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State. Man, you put them on the same team in college? Jeez. I like Schmitty. Yeah, uh, Jim Jackson was nice too, man. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I took Cincinnati in this one. I think Cincinnati's hot right now. Uh, that they're, they're like Hansel from <laughs> from uh, what's it called? It's so hot right now. That's Cincinnati. Oh, I thought you were saying Hansel was hot, and I was going to say that's kind no, of an interesting what, reference What is that, there. The, the Ben Stiller movie where he's the Zoolander. model? Zoolander. Zoolander. That's that Hansel. He's so hot right now. Yeah. That's that Cincinnati. You don't have to tell us that you think Owen Wilson is hot, bro. It's just a podcast. It's no big wow. deal. But uh, Iowa is the fourth-ranked team out of the NCAA to get to the free throw line. I think Cincinnati pressures a lot of teams. They do. Therefore, I think they're going to be called a decent amount of fouls. Iowa is going to ice this one away at the free throw line. I think it's a close game. Iowa ends up advancing. All right, over under how many times we see Mick Cronin curse on national TV (laughs) in this game? (laughs) I'd say it's over his height. So 5-1, (laughs) 51-51. So we'll, so we'll put the line we'll put the line at five then, just uh, just because I've cheated and heard you. So over under times we see Mick Cronin curse. It doesn't matter if he's cursing at a ref, if he's cussing at a player, right. or if he's just cussing at himself. Hopefully they show him on TV a decent amount because I, I take the over if they show him on TV a decent amount. If they know what you and I know, then maybe they won't show him that often. I can't stand Mick Cronin anymore. <laughs> I cannot stand that guy. He's a turd. I think he's a good coach though. He's, I mean, he's definitely doing good things in Cincinnati, but... He's got big vocabulary. Not really. He says about six different words, and it's all words that we can't say on here. Yeah. Well, they've got a, four letters, typically. Some of them three. <laughs> so, moving forward, I think it's a, two picks in a row that we both had the same team. Tennessee over Colgate, which, by the way... <laughs> sorry, i got to bring this up. I saw a tweet, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. And this guy went back and apologized because apparently a lot of people from Tennessee were upset about this. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you, man. This was one of the funniest things that I've ever read. Yeah. Because it was super clever, and I just didn't think about it. Uh, so, so, he uh, obviously they're playing Colgate, which is another name, for, which is a brand of what? Toothpaste. Tennessee versus toothpaste. Historically a tough matchup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. And then he tweeted and said, I'm not proud of myself. Now, I'm proud of you for making that. That was was so good. Yeah, and you could say that with any team or any 
State, Tennessee, eh, there, there might be some fitting there. Yeah, I, I don't care. That was hilarious. Yeah. I'm taking Tennessee over Colgate. You sticking the same way? I've got Tennessee as well, too, but I've got a quick funny story for you. Let's so hear it. While we were at Zach's get-together this weekend, right, we go to this diner restaurant. And it's a cool little restaurant in Nashville. Six floors were up on the top floor. There's a group of 20 U.K. fans who are eating there as well, too. Then there's a table that's right next to us with about six Tennessee fans. I think three girls, three guys, right? So I hear this conversation at the Tennessee table, and the girl's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay, something's about to go down. What's going down? I see the other girl pull out her cell phone. All right, now you know it's on for sure. So I don't know where this was posted, how this was posted, why this was posted. But the girl goes up, and this is right after. This is Saturday evening. So it's a tough subject for the Kentucky fans. You obviously know they traveled down there just to watch their team play as well, too. She goes up to him. She goes, hey, excuse me, y'all. Do you know uh, what the score of the Kentucky game was earlier? And they're they're cool about it. I think it was, what, 82-78? So they go, yeah, unfortunately, Kentucky lost 82-78. And she goes, yeah, do do you remember who they lost to? And she's not wearing any Tennessee, but her boyfriend and them are. And so they're just sitting back there giggling, and they kind of look back, and they're like, yeah, unfortunately, it was Tennessee. It was a good game, though. Tennessee looks really good. And she just turns around and goes, yeah, go Vols, in your face. And I was like, okay. I always thought, based on our conversations, Kentucky had an interesting fan group is what I'd That's say. That's a nice way of putting it. So, in this case, maybe Tennessee is the team that has the unclassy. Now, she didn't say anything that you can't say, but... You know why? Why do that in that situation, and then to come and lose the next game to oh, the former got coach? Act. Oh man! So I thought that was deserving, and we got a good chuckle out of that, by the way, as well too. I bet Troy didn't. Troy did not. No, Troy wasn't <laughs> laughing at this point. But well, I mean, Sunday he definitely mentioned it in a text and was laughing very, very heavily at it. So it all works out in the end. Tennessee in this one over Colgate. Um, I think Tennessee is another team that you should watch for in this tournament. Um, them and Virginia in the same bracket could make for an interesting matchup down the row. Obviously, that's not breaking news with them being a one and two seed. Yeah. But I think both those teams are teams that could contend for a national championship this year. So moving down, we got UNC playing Iona. I don't think that one's going to be close. Nope. UNC, big, big, uh, big time victory here, and I think Iona is a team that's got nothing for them. Um, moving down, it's, a, it's another one of those things where I said I don't really have a team that I'm going to the pack to the Pac-12, or I don't really like that like the Pac-12. I know I mentioned that with Oregon earlier, but I thought Oregon was just playing good basketball. I thought was uh, I thought Washington was just going to squeak in there because they've played better out of all those teams in the Pac-12. I'm taking Utah State. Yeah, Utah State is a very efficient offense. Utah State honestly worries me as far as them playing North Carolina. If they slow the game down and stop our fast breaks, that could be a problem. But uh, I've got Utah State moving on over Washington. Uh, The next one down is another Hansel team. We have Auburn playing New Mexico State. Uh, Auburn is, is so hot right now as well. Surprisingly, I'm picking against them. Give me New Mexico State in that game. But this is my 5-12 matchup I referenced earlier. What is the most popular thing in basketball currently? The three-point shot. Yeah. Am I wrong in that? This is the number one three-point attempting team in Auburn versus the number three three-point attempting team in New Mexico State. It's a three-point battle. 
I've got Auburn. Auburn is the hot team coming out of here. But this is what I'll tell you. Whoever shoots the three-point shot or defends the three-point shot better in this game comes out victorious. So Auburn's a team I'm worried about as far as North Carolina moving on in the future. I've got Auburn advancing over New Mexico State in this one. I believe New Mexico State only has four losses. Again, they're not playing in a a very strong conference, but still. uh, Did they not beat your Nevada team earlier? I believe they, they might have. Wasn't that the team who gave them their first loss? I could be wrong in that. It might have just been the Lobos of New Mexico, not New Mexico State. But for some reason, that's standing out to me. Um, I know New Mexico State, I'm pretty sure, has, like I said, four losses. Um, but I'm not sure on exactly. But everything that I've seen about New Mexico State, um, I've liked Four uh, losses 30, is correct. 30 and four, yeah. Yep, and, and guess who one of the teams they lost to were? Your team who is going to lose in my lock of the week, St. Mary's. St. Mary's with the dub over New Mexico State. Only lost to Kansas by three. Okay. So they, they've got a good resume. I mean, obviously, it's like you said. They don't play in a tough conference, but they've got some big wins on their resume. And, and in their first losses. six games, they played UTEP twice. <laughs> So that's that's a weird stat there. You don't normally see that. Uh, but I moved New Mexico State forward. Uh, the next game down, we have Kansas and Northeastern. Uh, Kansas is a team that's funny because you look at it and you think, well, Kansas kind of struggled all season. Then you look at it, they have, what, seven or eight losses, I think. But this is the first year that they didn't win the Big 12 regular season in 15 years. Uh, and they also – the game was only a 12-point win, but it wasn't really close in the Big 12 championship. Right. Iowa State beat them. Uh, I do have Kansas moving on, but I've, I've definitely seen this pick going different uh, both ways. Uh, so, I mean, I could definitely see it going the other way as well. Well, and this is the thing about Kansas. Kansas lost three of their most important players this year, and Ozabuki, D'Souza before the season, and then LeGerald Vick, probably their best overall player. This is another one that I was telling you earlier – I don't think there's a huge loss in taking the upset here because I've got Auburn advancing over whoever wins this game. With that being said, um, Northeastern is is not a team who overly impresses me. Averaging 76.1 points per game, if they can put up 70-plus against Kansas, if they can stop Dedrick Lawson down low, I've got them advancing over Kansas, and then I've got Ed, Auburn advancing over them. I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have Kansas winning. So, like you said, I do like your mindset in that, and I, I think I, I mean, I've definitely thought like that as well. But uh, I, I have uh, Kansas moving forward. Yep, Northeastern's coming off seven straight victories. Hopefully, they can make it eight in this. I mean, there's going to be upsets at some point in my brackets. Looking at them on paper, I never know which team to choose. You and John had a great call last year on that. I can't take credit for that. I, I know you're saying me because it was on here, but. John was the one that turned me on to them completely. Yeah, John turned you on, but you still took it on your sheets as well, too. Oh, absolutely. And I won some quiche from them. So, therefore, technically, you deserve credit, but John (laughs) deserves the ultimate credit. Absolutely. So, uh, moving down, we have Houston and Georgia State. I'm taking Houston. Houston as well. 
And then moving down again, we have Wofford playing Seton Hall. Seton Hall is a team that uh, people here locally will be familiar with. Seton Hall beat Kentucky. Louisville beat Seton Hall. But I'm not. I, I don't know. That sounded really bad. I really wasn't meaning for it to. I was just. I more more meant that it was a common opponent, so we know about them. Uh, I'm, yeah, thinking, I'm sure you were. I really were. After I said, I really was. After I said it, I was like, that was kind of a jerk way to say that, but. Uh, I mean, it's what happened. I wasn't really trying to be a jerk in that one. Uh, I'm taking Wofford. Uh, I think the three-point shooting of Wofford will uh, propel them to victory. This is what worries me. Seton Hall has not been playing great lately, and Wofford is obviously the favorite team in this. But Wofford has a high field goal percentage and a high three-point shooting attempts per game. I think Seton Hall plays defense at an elite level. I think they rebound the ball fairly well. I'm hoping Seton Hall can shut down the three-point shot and make Wofford earn every bucket they get, and I've got Seton Hall advancing over The Wofford. thing that's going to give Wofford trouble is Miles Powell. Miles yeah. Powell is nice. Uh, we were looking at a list, or I was looking at it and just reading it off to you, of best players in the tournament, and I told you that I thought it was uh, highway robbery that he was ranked so low. Yeah, I, I think it's tough. The people who were in front of him are all very good players as well, too, but yeah. I think he should have been higher. Yeah, so uh, I moved Wofford ahead. You have Seton Hall moving down. I don't think either one of us have a cha- uh, change on that one. We both have Kentucky winning easily over Abilene Christian. I think it's Abilene Christian's first uh, time being in the tournament. I've never heard of him before, so that very well could be the case. So moving up, Duke-UCF. I think Duke has no problem with UCF. Uh, I think they move forward fairly easy. Yep, I wouldn't say no problem, but I'm hoping Taco Fall can give some of their drivers a little bit of problem in the post. We could get a awesome poster from that game as well, too. But I've got Duke advancing as well. Moving down, we have I have the ACC advancing again over the SEC. Uh, Virginia Tech beating Mississippi State. Same, and exactly like I said, Virginia Tech is poised to make a run, getting their best player back, playing good basketball, playing on both ends of the court. Virginia Tech advances over Liberty for me. And then moving down, I actually have Yale upsetting Maryland and moving forward to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think um, Maryland will have a tough game against Belmont. It'll wear them out for that game against Yale, and I think Yale ends up pulling out the victory. And I like it. It's like I said, I think Yale's a great team, but I had LSU beating Yale in the first round. I think Maryland is a good team beating that Belmont team as well, too. LSU edges out Maryland in this case. It's going to be the battle of the bigs. I think Nas Reed wins that matchup. LSU advances over Maryland. Moving down, uh, Louisville-Michigan State uh, rematch of earlier in the season back in November. Louisville did get the victory then. I uh, don't think they get the victory this time. I move uh, Michigan State forward to the Sweet 16. I've got the battle of the Big Ten, Michigan State versus Minnesota. I think Michigan State just has too much firepower for Minnesota. Michigan State advances in mine. Moving down, we have an interesting uh, we have an interesting game, I think. Uh, there's a chance that Gonzaga can face two a- ACC teams in a row. Uh, I'm I'm still moving Zaga ahead. I like Gonzaga. I know a lot of people crap on Gonzaga every year because they don't play in a great conference. Uh, I think this team is very good. I have Gonzaga beating Syracuse. I think it's exactly like you said. Syracuse is going to give them a tough stylistic matchup. I think Gonzaga scores a ton of points, and in this game they probably won't 
advance over 72, I'd say maybe. But I've got Gonzaga coming out with a final victory. Probably a close one, though, in my opinion. And don't be surprised if Syracuse makes a run in this tournament. They've done that before. Absolutely. I think it was uh, the year Louisville went to the championship and won it in 2013. Uh, they beat Indiana in that tournament. And I think ended up making it to – the final four and losing to Michigan, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's just a tough stylistic matchup. They've got a coach who's been there and done that. They've got great balance on their team. Chukwu in the middle with Dolage in the middle. You got Buddy Bayheim stroking it from the outside. You got Battle and Howard. I think this is a veteran led team, and I like them a lot. I just think Gonzaga Gonzaga has what it takes in this matchup. Yeah. Moving down, we have Murray State against FSU. Uh, I think we'd both. At least I would like to see John Morant move as far into this tournament as possible. Uh, I love watching John Morant play, but I don't think the the Racers have enough to, to take on the Seminoles. And speaking about moving as far as possible, I've got them taking an early exit. So I've got Marquette versus Florida State. I think the size, the length, and the athleticism of Florida State is enough to propel them to a victory. Uh, Marcus Howard is going to have to have a big game for them to advance over Florida State. So moving down, I have a matchup of Buffalo and Texas Tech. Uh, I have Texas Tech winning that game easy. Uh I think this will be an underrated game, to be honest. This Buffalo team defends at a high clip, and I personally have Buffalo advancing over Texas Tech. I don't think Buffalo has enough to combat Jared Culver. I think he's going to be way too much for them. But, hey, that's like I said earlier, man. That's why we fill out the brackets, because people fill out different things, and people get it right, and some people don't. And sometimes team defense can come into play. So we look at matchups, but they're going to have to play defense as a team. It's like you said, Culver's a great player. It's a coin flip. We'll, We'll see how it goes. If both teams make it there, it'll be an interesting game, in my opinion. Moving down, you have Florida. I have Nevada facing Michigan. Um this may surprise some people. I have Nevada moving forward over Michigan. I think uh, the Martin Twins, who started out at NC State, have made a name for themselves out at Nevada. Uh, Caleb Martin, kind of a Mr. Do-It-All there at, at Nevada. Uh, him and Jordan uh, Cardine, or Caroline, I'm sorry. Caroline averages 17 points, 9.6 rebounds. Caleb Martin averages 19 points. I think there's going to be a lot of firepower there, and I think that this team being experienced, even though I know Michigan's experienced with a lot of players back from a team that made a championship or a run to the championship last year, I think Nevada just edges them out and moves forward to the Sweet 16. It's like you said, Michigan's got a ton of experience as well, too, and they've added pieces to yes. that with Iggy Brasdakis. Their only real loss was uh, Abdul Rahim. Or, uh, or no, you lost your big guy. Mats uh, Wagner. But yeah. how, what's was it? Am I pronouncing his last name correctly? I don't want to do him injustice. But Maybe. He, he was a key piece as well, too, so I want to give both them credit. And yeah, I would agree with you, though. Iggy's Bry- Iggy Brasdakis is better than both of those guys from last year. The Canadian firepower. He, him and Barrett. I mean, I'm telling you, we talked about this on one of our other episodes. Watch out for international basketball. And no, Canada is not across any ocean or no. what, what did we say? Not, no. You said, you, said, you said it. You said Canada was overseas. Well, you know what I meant by that international team, but I'm just saying, watch out for the international. Watch out for overseas basketball in Canada. Yeah, Lake Michigan is a tough one. (laughs) So, moving over to the South bracket, I have a matchup of UVA and Oklahoma. You have Ole Miss, correct? Correct. Do we both have Virginia moving forward? Correct. All right. Moving down, I have Oregon, Kansas State. 
You have Wisconsin, Kansas State. I do. Uh, I actually have Oregon moving forward. You have Wisconsin. I do. And it's like I said, Dean Wade being out really hurts them, and Wisconsin's defense, I think, propels them to a victory. Uh, the next one, I have St. Mary's and Purdue. I have Purdue moving forward, but you had Villanova winning. So mm-hmm. uh, what did you have in that matchup there? Surprisingly, I think this is where the end of the road comes for the Boilermaker Grimes. And uh, I've got Villanova advancing again. I think Booth is going to have to have a huge game defensively and offensively against Carson Edwards. And uh, Villanova has the coaching to propel them to the victory over Mr. Matt Painter. Nice. Moving down, I have Cincinnati, Tennessee. You have Iowa, Tennessee. I think we both have Tennessee moving forward, so it doesn't matter. Tennessee advancing. Yes. Uh, So, just to kind of catch you up so far, my Sweet 16, I have Duke, Virginia Tech, Yale, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Florida State, Texas Tech, Nevada, Virginia, Oregon, Purdue, Tennessee. And I have Duke, Virginia Tech, LSU, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Florida State, Buffalo, Michigan, Virginia, Wisconsin, Villanova, and Tennessee. So we're varying, which I like. I like that we have different picks. I do too. Moving down. um, I think this pick will be the same probably. Yeah, we're both going to take North Carolina, but like you said, this was I was already going to say it before you mentioned it. Utah State's going to be a tough matchup for North Carolina. It is. It's a team a lot of people haven't watched this year or heard of, and sometimes those are the teams that creep up on you. Roy Williams will have them prepared for this team, but I'm hoping the players come out and play. That is the good thing about being a one seed. A lot of times, I'm sorry, Virginia, a lot of times you can over, not really overlook, but you can kind of plan for that second game more. Right. When you're a 16 or when you're a one seed, because you face a team that's normally way overmatched, which is the reason why it very rarely comes into play that a team even gets close to winning that game. Yeah, it's so, only happened once as far as them actually winning. Yeah, and then you remember there or I, there's two games in the 90s. There was one where somebody hit a last-second shot to beat a, a, a 16 seed. There was another one where a team came back and won by two. So, I mean, it's very rare that the game is even close. Right. But to have one time a team winning is, is amazing. Yep, I agree 100%. We didn't expect it last year. Props it's to you. Especially the way that it happened. Man. I, did that team miss? I think they're still hitting threes. Probably, and I think Mick Cronin's height-sized twin point guard was very impressive to me as well, too. <laughs> yes, so I have North Carolina moving forward. Um, you do as well. Correct. Moving Shocker down. here, I've got North Carolina going pretty far. <laughs> moving down, I have New Mexico State. You have Auburn. Yep. Uh, playing Kansas. I moved Kansas forward. I have Auburn versus Northeastern. This is what I was telling you about earlier. Auburn, I think, wins that game, whether it's Kansas or Northeastern. So, therefore, my upset pick of Northeastern is void and null. Auburn advances. Here I had Iowa State uh, playing Houston. Same matchup as you. Ohio State versus Houston. You have Ohio State? I do. Oh, I thought you said Iowa State earlier. No, Ohio. Oh, sorry. I have, I have, I have Iowa State. My enunciation is not great. (laughs) I have Iowa State taking down Houston. And I've got Houston advancing, but I told you I really like that Iowa State team. Um, Wigington and Shayok are two of my favorite players in college basketball. But Houston is a team that can put it on a lot of people. And uh, obviously ranked third, they're not going to go under the radar for anybody. Um It'll be an interesting matchup in those games. So I think any one of those four teams besides Georgia State, so three teams could come out of there. 
I have Wofford, Kentucky playing down there. I have Kentucky advancing easily over Wofford. I have Seton Hall, a team who a lot of you locals will recognize, right? What was the reason? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they, they both... beat Kentucky and lost to L. Yes. Right, so just to refresh everybody's memory, that's what Brandon said that's earlier. That's your words. But in this case, unfortunately for you, UK ends up beating Seton Hall and advancing. And I think, unfortunately for me as well, too, because UK beat North Carolina earlier in the year. And so, therefore, it could be a problem in the future. So, setting up uh, that's the rest of my Sweet 16, I have North Carolina, Kansas, Iowa State, that's with an I, and Kentucky. Carolina, Auburn, Houston with an O. And University of Kentucky as well. <laughs> so moving over, Duke, Virginia Tech. I'm taking Duke. I think even with Justin Robinson back, I think Zion and the Dukies are uh, poised for a good run. Uh, I think they're very zoned in on what they want to do, and I'm taking Duke winning against Virginia Tech. And Duke is a tough team. Duke is probably the best team on paper in this tournament as well as their top four players, three players. But you mentioned Robinson coming back, and I think this is where the ship sails for the old Dookie Fresh Boys. <laughs> the Dookie Fresh Boys are gone to the NBA. I'd say probably, f- well, for sure three of them. Um, and, and this is where Virginia Tech will end up beating Duke and stopping their national championship hopes. Whoa, write it down, people. Shut it down. BJ picking the Virginia Tech Hokies over the Duke Blue Devils. In an ACC matchup. To advance to the Elite Eight. Yep. I have Yale-Michigan State playing. Michigan State wins that one easily. Moves forward to play the Duke Blue Devils. And I have LSU and Michigan State, and we've seen this before, but unfortunately Michigan State's run ends in the Sweet 16. Sounds familiar, huh? LSU, without a true head coach, advances on skill and paying their players alone. I'm a little surprised with that one, man, but hey. You should be. If you can't tell, I'm pretty high. I mean, do you remember me telling you about LSU earlier in the season with Nas Reed and Tremont Waters? We had this conversation at uh, um, the Oreos. Yep. I mean, I knew about Nas Reed already because I remember seeing him in the McDonald's games. But I'm telling you, man, the way they stumbled down the stretch, I just can't do it, especially without their coach. They're falling apart. And I think that that's what's making it so tough for me to even pick them come out of the first round. They're definitely not playing their best basketball, and that worries me as well, too. But I think they've got some friendly matchups. I think Michigan State has some injuries. They're going to have to guard Ward in the post, and that's what worries me the most. If Ward is a monster down low like what he can be, that's going to give anybody problems. Uh, LSU advances in this case. Setting up a matchup for me that I have of Gonzaga and Florida State, which I believe is the same matchup you have. That is, that's correct. I think it should be a good game for about a half and five minutes, and then I think Gonzaga pulls away, and I'm taking Gonzaga to move forward. And the old ACC bias is shining through nice and strong on me in this one, but I, I've got Florida State advancing. I watched Gonzaga play against a couple of elite teams this year, and uh, I think North Carolina showed a path for them to win, even with Car- or even with Gonzaga playing good basketball. Florida State's length and athleticism, once again, are going to affect this team, um, put them out of sorts. I think Perkins is going to have a ridiculous amount of turnovers. Florida State's going to advance over the number one seed, Gonzaga, in this Let's side of the question. bracket. Yep. Who is the only team to beat Duke when they were at full strength? Gonzaga. Let me ask you a question. Who's going to beat Gonzaga? Florida Duke. State. Duke will. Well, you, Duke's yeah. going to avenge their loss. 
That'd make a great story. I'm sure <laughs> that's what all the fans want. Not moving, me. Moving down, I have Texas Tech playing Nevada. Buffalo uh, versus Michigan online. So we have two different games here. Uh, I think Texas Tech with Culver's run comes to an end, and I'm moving forward with the Wolfpack. It's a team that I've been high on all season. Uh, I know they've had a couple of bad losses. They had a really bad loss in New Mexico. They lost by about 20 early in the season. It was their first loss. But I'm moving Nevada forward. We're going to have a non-Power 5 Elite 8 in the West bracket, in my opinion. Gonzaga and Nevada. I'm loving it. Be interesting to see if that can come to fruition. But I've got Buffalo and Michigan, and I already told you I'm extremely high on Michigan for good reason. So I've got Michigan advancing in this case, and uh, unfortunately you could hear that name again. Moving over, I have uh, Virginia, Oregon. You got Virginia, Wisconsin. Um, I think Oregon's hot, uh, so hot right now comes to an end. <laughs> Give me Virginia. Uh, Virginia moves ahead to the Elite Eight. Virginia as well. I've got Virginia beating Wisconsin 42-40. to 40. Just joking. <laughs> Low-scoring affair there, and I've got Virginia beating Wisconsin. I have the running Daniel Grimes' run coming to an end, losing to Tennessee, and Tennessee advancing to the Elite Eight in the KFC Yum Center, setting up a one-two-seat matchup of Virginia-Tennessee in downtown Louisville. You know what? I, I think that'd be cool if Purdue did play there because I think D might have a chance to go see him, and, I, and I'd like for him to go see his team. But unfortunately, I've got them losing prior to that. Remember, to Villanova. And in this case, I think Tennessee's too much to handle. It's going to be a lot of ugly orange in downtown Louisville on, on that day. It very well could be. And I don't think it's ugly orange. I wouldn't go that far. I think their fans were very ugly. What that woman did was just not right, my friend. So <laughs> still going to take them, though. That's not going to influence my judgment on this case. Tennessee advances over Villanova on my bracket. Moving down, we have two of the three winningest teams in college basketball, the other one being at the bottom part of this bracket. UNC Kansas in my matchup. Uh, I have North Carolina moving forward. I think your all's just overall balance is too much for Kansas, and um, I think you guys move forward with a good good play by Kobe White and I think uh, a big game off the bench for Nasir Little. UNC has a little bit of everything, and I think that's this is where it really starts coming into play. It's like you said, Auburn is the team that I have advancing, and Auburn is a team who's extremely hot right now. North Carolina is going to have to rebound against this team. They're going to have a ton of assists against this team as well, too. But most importantly, they're going to have to score in transition. Um, I've got Which is North- definitely not a problem for you all to do. Typically, no. I think there was one game that I recall this year it being a major problem, and I did not enjoy the outcome of that game. So, therefore, I've got North Carolina advancing over Auburn in this case. Not a repeat of what happened previously and this year to another team. (laughs) So, uh, that moves us down to Iowa State and Kentucky. Uh, This should be a very interesting matchup. Uh, We were talking about it. You don't even have Iowa State here, but I have Iowa State here. Shayok and Wigington, who you said is a is a duo that that you're uh, very high on. That's right. I think Shayok is a matchup nightmare for Kentucky. Uh, I think Shayok's a matchup nightmare for anybody. It's very true. I, I don't know who, but here's the thing. Except though. for Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So you you have Shayok playing against Kentucky, and then something that I thought was very interesting that I brought up to you before the show. Iowa State has seven players that shoot over 30% from three as a team. That's and right. five of them shoot 35% or higher. 
And I told you, I thought that was very interesting because when you look at Iowa State, you don't necessarily think of them as a three-point shooting team. I, I don't think Kentucky has anyone that can stop Shayok, which is going to be a matchup nightmare for the Cats. I think he got, he does what he wants, and when he doesn't, he passes it to an open shooter. I think Iowa State wins. Uh, probably a eight, eight or nine-point win after free throws towards the end of the game. I'm taking Iowa State moving forward to the Elite Eight to play North Carolina. And that's a very interesting pick, just like my Virginia Tech pick earlier was interesting. You're going with an even lower-seeded team in Iowa State, and that'd be a good one. If that hits, we're going to have to give you some credit on air. Unfortunately, in this case, I've got U.K. versus Houston, and I think U.K. advances, which sets up something you mentioned earlier, a UNC versus U.K. rematch. A little bit of bad blood in the line there. If you haven't noticed, teams that have beat North Carolina, they've come out and played pretty well against late in the season. North Carolina's playing their best ball. North Carolina is going to be a problem in this case, but UK is going to advance over Houston. So, moving over and our Elite Eights, I have Duke, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Nevada, Virginia, Tennessee, UNC, Iowa State. I've got Virginia Tech, LSU, Florida State, Michigan, Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Moving forward, I have Duke uh, just having too many weapons for Michigan State. Uh, I think their injuries finally catch up to Michigan State. Duke moves forward to where everyone already has them chalked to to the Final Four. And I've got an interesting matchup in Virginia Tech and LSU, and unfortunately this is where, like you said earlier, without their coach – it comes into play. Virginia Tech is hot right now. I've got Virginia Tech continuing their streak um, and beating LSU. It's interesting. Moving down, Gonzaga, Nevada, the uh, battle of the Power Fives in my bracket. I'm moving Gonzaga forward. I think Gonzaga is going to end the the Martin Twins run in the tournament. that will give two, I believe, Elite Eights for the Martin Twins in two seasons. I believe that's where Nevada made it last year. Uh, moving Gonzaga to the Final Four. And I've got Florida State versus Michigan. Key to this game, I told you earlier, Michigan does not foul, and they play elite three-point defense. No turnovers as well, too. Michigan advances over Florida State. And I've got two interesting teams on my side of my bracket. Virginia Tech, a team not a lot of people are going to advance forward. And Michigan, a team that you might see in some brackets, but they are a repeat team uh, and looking to right the ship. Absolutely. So the battle of the ugly oranges at Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, I think Virginia is coming out with a vengeance this year after their loss, like we mentioned, to UMBC. I think they take out a strong Tennessee team in a defensive battle. I think they get Grant Williams in foul trouble, which is very tough to do for any team because it seems like he gets every call. But uh, I'm going to take Virginia and their pack line defense and their patient offense to take out Tennessee. And this is one we've got the same matchup. Granted, it's a 1-2 matchup. I I think Virginia is a very intriguing team as far as how far they can go nationally. Obviously, a couple of their losses are to that Duke team at full strength. I could see Tennessee trying to replicate some of the things they do in this game, but I think Virginia comes out ahead in this one. This is going to be one of my games to highlight if it does come to fruition, though. Yeah. Moving down, we have uh, the same uh, same team in one part of it. The other half, I have Iowa State. I think whereas uh, 
You didn't want to say North Carolina. What? No, I said we both had the same team on the other part of it. Yeah, but you North didn't Carolina. want to say their name. It's like saying, you know. No, we, I'm not saying that because I, here's here's where I was going with that. Yeah. Where I said Kentucky doesn't have what it takes to guard, I think Michigan State does. Or North Carolina does. I'm sorry. <laughs> North Carolina does. I think North Carolina with Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams is giving Noir trouble, which is a known scorer. I know he plays for Louisville, but he's given plenty of scorers trouble when he's guarding them. At all different positions. Yes. Kenny Williams does not get credit for his defensive paralysis, and he's a four-year man who will lock you down. And that's where I think you all have way better depth as far as – I think you all can bring more people off the bench. This is kind of what death means. but uh, I think so. I like Kenny Williams in the matchup against Shayok and slowing him down. I don't necessarily think it will stop him, but I think it will slow him down, which is what's going to help you all and propel you all to a victory. North Carolina, I have surprisingly all four one seeds in my Final Four. Shocker there. I, I've got North Carolina as well, too, but I think in this one there's a player that stands out to me more so than Kenny Williams. It's I'm hoping Sterling Manley will be back healthy in this game. You've obviously got Reed, Tra- or Reed Travis or Travis Reed. I always it's Reed Travis. Up. Thank you. Yeah, just think of the weirder one of the two, and that's what it is. Yeah, but you've heard me, unfortunately, mix those names up. I just call him Big Reed anymore. Yeah. That's all I call him. <laughs> and uh, Sterling Manley and him would be an interesting matchup because Garrison Brooks is going to get in foul trouble in that matchup. P.J. Washington is a great player as well, too. Luke May's going to have to defend him and outscore him. Um, obviously, we've seen this go one time this year already, and I think this is the reverse way. And North Carolina comes out with about a 13 point victory in this one I think you guys have improved a whole lot whereas um, you know that was kind of Kentucky's wake up game when they beat you all that was kind of like when they kind of came into it and then when Louisville not to bring it back up but when Louisville beat North Carolina that was kind of the game that woke you all up you only lost two games after that which was a loss to Virginia and the other one was the Duke in the ACC championship to me you are playing speaking of hot teams you are playing just as good as any other team well and what you're looking for in a team is a team that can win in multiple forms and fashion I think that's what North Carolina has realized they can do we don't have to have the same guy be our leading scorer every game we've got to maximize um Matchups, and we've got to score on fast break buckets. So yeah. rebound, score on fast break buckets, take what the defense has given us. Hopefully you're correct on this one. So my final four, Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, North Carolina. And I've got Virginia Tech, Michigan, Virginia, and North Carolina. Now, just like you were saying before, uh, North Carolina avenging their, their uh, loss earlier in the season, I'm taking Duke avenging theirs. Uh, I think that this team has grown up. I do still think that R.J. Barrett does still take bad shots at times, but I think that Brandon Clark is not going to be able to do anything with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson came out on another level, which we didn't think was possible in the ACC tournament. Uh-oh. He was, I think, he finished the tournament third um, all time for most points in the tournament and only played three games. Yeah, they had a double bye. Yeah, so uh, the dude was on it was in a zone. I got them moving forward uh, over Gonzaga. I think Zion probably misses shots in that game because he's not even going to be there. So, therefore, it's going to be Virginia Tech and Michigan on my bracket. I told you Michigan is the team that impresses me the most. Michigan is a team that um, just has too much for Virginia Tech to handle in this case. So, they're going to advance with their guard play. Xavier Simpson's going to be a big key in this game defensively. Moving over, I have Virginia and North Carolina just as you do. Um, I think um, 
where we've been talking about uh, revenge games. I don't think you guys got it in you, man. I'm taking the Cavaliers of Virginia moving past you guys. Uh, I think they're, they're just overall pace of play will slow you guys down and will win, end up winning the game, moving Virginia ahead to a matchup with Duke as a rematch. I do appreciate the Cavaliers reference because I think you're trying to butter me up before you drop the bomb on me there. Not to butter you up even more, but the Cavaliers did beat the Bucks today as well. That's what I heard. Hey, man, that's that's a pretty big win. But in, in this case, we're talking about college teams as well, too, right? Yes. So, therefore, in college teams, I've got the North Carolina Tar Heels running all over the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, it's like I mentioned earlier, fast break points are going to be key. And I think at this point, um, North Carolina is going to have a chip on their shoulder. The only thing that worries me is the Virginia Cavaliers have 29 wins on the season so far, and the Cleveland Cavaliers only have 19 wins on the season this season. So, yeah, that's what disappoints me. But I've got North Carolina advancing. Shocker. So that sets up a matchup of Duke-Virginia on mine and Michigan-North Carolina on yours. That's correct. Should be either way, both good games. Um, I'm going to go – with a surprise pick here for what the matchup has. And I don't think Duke will beat Virginia for the third time in a row. I think Virginia avenges their 16th seed loss last year and laughs in the faces of everyone as they cut down the nets and beat the Duke Blue Devils. I think that's very realistic as well, too. I think that Virginia team is a very good team. I also think it's like you said, it's really, really tough to beat a team three times in a year. North Carolina was trying to do that to Duke this year, and I thought we had a chance. And keeping with the North Carolina thing, theme, a little bit of hometown bias or home fan bias, and I've got North Carolina advancing over Michigan in this case. We mentioned a theme in my bracket and in our bracket of a redemption story. North Carolina only has six games to redeem themselves against. Michigan is probably one of those glaring games besides Texas, so... I, I think they're going to be happy to see Michigan in that championship game and right the ship. I forgot you all lost. You all lost them pretty handily earlier in the season. 84-67. Yeah. Brutal. Not that I remember or anything. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. Um, but, so, I mean, both have different outcomes. Both have the same ending as far as one team being a champion. <laughs> <laughs> so, dun, dun, dun. moving forward, we got we got power moves. Speaking about power moves, that that was a great power move there to move into this, and I think hopefully people are going to have fun and let us know what they like about our brackets and what they dislike. Probably more the second one. I've I already got a feeling we're going to get a couple messages from a couple of people, but that's what I enjoy about this process. Absolutely. I, lo- I love doing tournament breaks down- breakdowns. Although I have told you that I've had a couple people message me, right. like, hey, what's your bracket? And I always feel bad doing that because if they lose, then I feel responsible. Oh, you should. But it's like, no, I'm not responsible because they can do their own <laughs> research. They can watch their own sports. They can do their own thing. 
And this is like we said earlier, there has not been a perfect bracket since the Warren Buffett thing's been out. So do not expect any of these to be perfect. Um, everybody has their own strategy. The other thing we'd like to hear is what's your strategy for picking? I saw ESPN did an article recently. The guy who won their bracket like two years ago rolled dice to find out which team was going to win. Um, the guy before that created his own mathematical equation to find out as far as with statistics involved. Everybody, maybe it's your favorite uh, mascots. You know, we've had some good mascot mascot chatter lately whatever it is let us know what you think is the right recipe to pick these teams and uh don't forget to enter into our bracket pool on espn yes use the password beef one two three it's lowercase all lowercase letters yep beef one two three i have had a couple people ask me how to get into it click the link that we have posted about a thousand times that says click the link below uh, it's. I know it's tough to follow because I'm not giving you all the instructions. It says click the link below and use the password. <laughs> but hey, you know I don't. It, I don't expect everyone to be as bright and everything as, <laughs> as I expect them to be. But hey, f- click the link. We'll post it again because tonight's tomorrow's the first game at 12:15. And while you're clicking links, you need to look out for our tournament tee. Don't forget that's a limited time T-shirt, so you only have a while to continue to buy that. You've got six different colors or seven different colors in it. Everybody has a great option, and then they've got the dad hats out that match with them as well, too. So absolutely, a lot of great products, a lot of great questions, a lot of great polls, a lot of great stuff coming up in the future. But currently, we got a lot of stuff out there for you. Let us know what you guys are liking, and if you guys do get anything, make sure you're sending us pictures of everything um, so we can post it on our page and let everybody know that you're enjoying the stuff. Absolutely. So you mentioned to me that you had a power move before the show. I do. And normally when we do a show, just to let to fill you guys in that haven't been here to do an episode with us before, we usually tell each other what we're going to talk about so that the other person has a chance to say something about it. Yeah, that's but fair. BJ says, nope, I'm keeping my, cars, my cards covered up. And I said, well, am I at least going to be able to rebut to this? And he goes, I think you should be, I think you should be okay. Oh, it's an interesting one to me. because. But first, yeah, I'm breaking a power move, and I'm going to nominate someone. And you're going to be surprised. Nominating, huh? My power move of the week goes to my co-host here, Mr. BJ Cato. I'm shocked by this. BJ called in his power move a couple, years, or a couple weeks ago that um, – Mr. Robert Kraft would be found not guilty. <laughs> and despite my thoughts, I did not think he would be correct. Yeah. Out comes an article that says that the defense is willing to make a plea as long as he admits that they were going to prove him guilty. So, BJ, you are my power move of the week. Well, that's very kind of you, and I did not know this was coming. But the other thing with that is not only will that not happen where he wasn't charged, I'll go even one further for you. He won't come out and say that he was going to be charged because guess what? He knows he doesn't have to. This is the same case they're offering other people. Old Bobby Dollar Bills is going to bring out the lawyers and drop bombs on people. So, yeah, it's been a very funny story to watch. 
He's coming away scotch clean in this one. Yeah, so there, there's my power move. I'm Besides maybe the mess he made. I'm nominating you, my brother. Well, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, we should give the glory to Robert Kraft there and his lawyers and, and confidants. But, hey, you know, to each their own, I, I can take a little bit of the shine. And my power move is probably not on the same level as that, but in a similar category. A lot of times we go with a person or some type of theme around that. I wanted to go off the beaten path this week. And what has been all the latest craze? You look at even our logo, and you look at people in general, the beard is what people would call a power move, right? No, not for me, okay? The, the beard is a power move, right? You know what the new move is? The new ultimate power move. Mustaches, bro. No. Straight mustaches. No beard involved. Just going straight gangster with the mustache. You can do the old twirly twirly on the side. Straight gangster with the who who has a mustache that is making a power move? Well listen, there's not a ton of people that come to mind, but I'd say Ron Jeremy is the ultimate one. Tom Selleck. Yeah. I'd say BJ Cattle. Burt Reynolds. Burt yeah. I mean, clearly you don't have a mustache. You just have you. Yeah, your facial, your facial hair it. comes in like Joe Dirt. It just comes in all. That all might like, be a compliment compared to. Like, take it as you will. Yeah, that's, I'll take it as a compliment. Take it as you will. But I, I'd say the mustache is a very diverse thing, and you reference a lot of '80s people who were having it back in the day, and I think I'm here to tell the listeners we're bringing it back, and that's going to be that's, that's you can say you're bringing it back. No, no, no. We, I, I'm not shaving my beard into a mustache. As a people of the United States of America, I would like to thank you for going with the mustache. There's not going to be anyone that's shaving their beard into a mustache. Because if yeah, you're... Yeah, didn't you hear the cadence I just said that? That's like a lullaby. People just heard that and they're if like, If you're a man and you actually ha- can grow facial hair, you're not going to grow just a mustache. Hey, it's man, a joke. you didn't have to say if you're a man in there, we get the picture, mustaches are the way to go. Okay. You've each their own, I guess. <laughs> each their own. I don't see it happening. I think you're on your own on this one. You ever heard chicks dig the long ball? Chicks don't dig the mustache. Chicks dig the mustache, bro. No, they don't. Name one girl. That Sounds like that could be a real thing. Sound. Name one girl that you've heard recently say that they love mustaches. Margot Robbie. I don't even know who that is. Well, I tried to go with a popular name, and Margot Robbie is a beautiful woman. Maybe you. Wait, is that the girl with- from Suicide Squad? Yeah, okay. and Wolf on Wall Street and whatever oh, else she's in, who Wolf she's very attractive. She did not say she liked mustaches. Yeah, her and Hayden Pantier. No, no, yeah. they, no. That you're just throwing names out there, seem to stick and say that they said they like mustaches. That did not happen. You're accusing me of something that I didn't allege of doing, but I think those two women are big fans of mustaches. And clearly, when I have a mustache, don't be jealous, bro. Just don't be jealous. I'm not going to be jealous because I could grow a better mustache than you if I wanted to. Oh, now you're challenging me. To, I listen, I'm about to get on some steroids then. You, I'm going you know, on the mustache get, you can get steroids. Your, you can get on your beard oils. You can get no, on I, that's not, I need steroids. Must, beard oils ain't doing nothing for me. Steroids ain't going to do nothing but put pimples on your back and make your gonads shrink. Shrivel. That's a problem. I don't need any of that going on, but I do need the mustachey hair. That's not going to happen, man. Okay. Well, I'm going to look into it, bro. But other than a beef with your uh, power move there, I I, got, I had a beef that came to my mind when we were riding here today. It did. And you made sure that you made that clear. 
was like, man, you know what really grinds my gears? And you're like, what? That's I a said, good reference, the old gear reference. I said, people that ride their bikes in the street, but I'm not done, because I don't have a problem with people that ride their bikes in the street that adhere to traffic laws. Because if you're going to be that that guy, <laughs> I'm sorry, this really ticks me off. If you're going to be the guy that rides his bike in the street, but then runs red lights, and then complain when you get smashed into by a car... <laughs> You know what? This is your fault. Because you should have been following traffic laws like you're supposed to and stop running red lights, stop rolling through stop signs on your bike, and then getting hit by semis and then wondering why by you're hurt. semis? That, that doesn't end well for you. No. So stop complaining whenever something happens or someone honks at you or someone gets mad at you. If there's a bike lane, ride in the bike lane. If there's not, adhere to the traffic laws. Well, and two things in rebuttal to that. First of all, you can't tell people to do all that whenever you told me allegedly you're not allowed to ride a bike on a bicycle. No, I told you. I told you. I'm not upset with people riding their bikes in the street. Right. But if you ride your bike in the street, adhere to the traffic laws, which you are legally supposed to do. You made that very clear. What I'm saying is they make sidewalks. And what are sidewalks for? They're for to walk on. Yeah, that's why they're called sidewalks. But guess what? They're also for pedestrians to be out of the way of moving objects that can kill you. And even though sometimes those moving objects get up on the sidewalk a little bit, in this case, the sidewalk should be a perfect place to ride. So, yeah. I think seeing a tandem bicycle today was, that was it, pretty dope. It tickled my fancy a little bit. I and seen, they stopped at the stoplight. They did. And I think they even gestured for the left That's turn. what I'm saying. I like those guys. Because not only are they on a tandem bicycle, but they adhere to the traffic laws and they even showed everyone which way they were going. But in this Thank case, you. tandem bicycle, hopefully it was a dude and a chick. No offense to anybody out there. That's a power move right there, riding a tandem bicycle on a busy road. Yeah, you got to have your lady friend in front of you doing the heavy lifting so she can't be watching how much you're pedaling. And then you cheer her on. That, that's the power move involved with it. <laughs> wow, you're grooming your mustache. Have you ever been on a tandem bicycle? I have, and it didn't go like I expected. Like, it was a lot tougher than what... Oh, it's I, really hard to do. Yeah, and bikes are not something that I find difficult. Like, I I would think I'm an avid bike rider at yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, you pick it up like riding a bike. Yeah, well, I ride my little niece's bike every once in a while just to, you know, refresh the juices. Used to be a big BMX biker. Had a Schwinn Superstock. You don't even know what a Schwinn Superstock no, is. No, I had one of those rhinos with the gold pegs. Oh. You remember that? The gold, yeah. the gold brake things, too? Yeah, it got stolen off my porch. So, whoever stole that, I hope you get hit by a semi when you run a red light on a bike. And it had a GPS in there, and we've waited until it's past the time of when we can get in trouble for it, and we're coming for you now. Yeah, I know where it's at. For sure. Uh, Unfortunately, they cut all the parts, and they sold them for scrap. So, uh, I'm not really finding my bike. Well, then we can weld it back together. I got a couple (laughs) of guys who can help us out. I'm not trusting that with my weight and your your friend's welding skills. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, I, you know, I think my dad once, his father bought him a bike from a blind man, and there's a pretty funny story involved with that. So I guess it could get worse. <laughs> this reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. You sold our dead bird to a blind kid? <laughs> <laughs> I took care of it. Yeah. That's what this Yeah, hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, and, and hey. But again, beef. Stop riding in the street if you're not going to adhere to the traffic laws. Because when you get hit by a car, don't come complaining to me. I'm staying there for the cops to get there, and I'm telling them that you were in the wrong because you ran a red light. 
But if you do and you are going to get into an accident, which I don't advise personally, make sure you've got that nice fluffy face cushion of a mustache to stop the impact get, from the semi. Get out of here with that Listen, mustache. Listen, you just keep bringing it back to me, bro. It's, it's, it's a popular thing these days. A mustache is not popular. Okay. It hasn't been popular since Super Mario came out. Hey, to each their own. There's mustache competitions, bro. There's beard competitions. Yeah, for sure, but they're not as cool. What, what are you talking about? There's probably nipple hair competitions. Do you want to enter in that while we're on the subject? No. That's, 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 that's the girl at McDonald's today had a sweet mustache. Power move, bro. That's not a power move. The... Nah, in that case, I'd probably agree. This yeah. is the one instance I'll agree with you. <laughs> See, you just proved yourself wrong. No, that having well, I a said mustache one, not, one instance. That's one instance more than not having a beard. My good buddy's old ex-girlfriend. Hashtag power move. Mustache. We've seen it before. Unfortunately, women can grow facial here, hair here, too. Bro. Here's what's going to end the whole argument of this power move. No, we ain't. Girl it. with a mustache, not cool. No, yeah. Girl with a beard gets a spot at the circus in your face. The bearded hey. lady has a spot at the circus. Write it down. Your power move is invalid. Good day, sir. Well, you know what? You just gave me a business proposition and a t-shirt idea. I'm bringing the chick with the mustache to the zoo. She's probably not scratching. What was your Jaguars woman's name? She's not going to get near it. That's what I'm saying. So we don't got anything to worry about. You're helping me out, and I'm helping line your pockets with a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> the mustached lady to the zoo yeah. is taking on the bit. We just need to do a beard. We just need to do a bracket of like weird things, and that's got to be a matchup: the mustache versus the beard on a lady. Which one's better or worse? That's I. I don't like that question. Wet socks. Or socks that keep sliding down. That's going to be another question. Oh, man. See, just do things that people don't like and which one's worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here quiet because I'm thinking in my head, those those all are not good situations. Is there anything worse, though? Like, say you've had a pet in the past and you wake up in the middle of the night, go get a drink, and for some weird reason you're a weirdo that has socks on when you're sleeping. and you stop. Doctors say not to do that, by the way. I don't wear socks when I'm sleeping because that's weird. I do. That's weird. Well... Your feet get cold, bro. Then put them under a blanket. I got them under blankets, but you need, like, it's like a warm hug for your feet. You don't like hugs? Is that what you're telling me right now? I don't like hugs on my feet. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm not into feet that much. But (laughs) maybe maybe what it is is I've got to keep them covered because they're like, if you look at my feet, they're a little sketchy. I mean, there's no one sleeping with you. You're sleeping by yourself. Yeah, allegedly. But what I'm saying is, you know, when you look at a dude and you see, like, major neck tattoos and, like, the teardrop tattoos, and I'm a guy who so has... you're saying you have teardrops on your feet? No, no, no. We're not talking about tattoos. I'm just saying you look at somebody and you go, man, they probably got a sketchy past. When you look at my feet, you're like, bro, they've been through some stuff. <laughs> I think those feet look like they've been through NOM. For sure, like, man. What the heck is going on? But back to what I was saying, you wake up in the middle of the night and yeah. your weird self is wearing socks. Yeah. Steps in your pet's pee oh. and it's wet and you're like, ah. Oh. That takes it even further than Wet socks, socks are terrible, dude. I thought you were talking about like you're playing basketball or you're hiking or you're whatever and your socks get sweaty and then you get blisters. I'm like, that sucks pretty Or bad. you're like, your shoes get wet and your socks get wet too and then, oh man. Or you've got good. a friend who's got to use the restroom in your basement and they think that a big stack of white clothes <laughs> is a porcelain porter pot and they just urinate all over it. I, I don't think that would be good either. But this is not me. This is not me. No, either. it's allegedly, but I'm just saying that would not be a good situation because then those white socks could be We won't throw that person under the bus of who did that. It happens to the best of us. 
Sometimes you gotta go, and sometimes you sleepwalk. I really hope that person listens to this episode so that they can hear this, because that's gonna be great when they're just like, "Really, BJ, you really brought?" Yeah, that it up? might not be great. You're over here saying it's great. It might. Not it be is great. great because we're not telling anybody who did it. No, of course not. So, guys. Just like BJ mentioned just a minute ago, we put out some new shirts, uh, six or seven different colors. Your team, get your team color, uh, get the t-shirt, get the dad hat. There's two different colors. I can't mention one of the colors because apparently it's copyrighted with Teespring. (laughs) So it has to get taken down and then I have to change the description, even though they tell you that on Teespring that the two colors that you have of dad hats are white and navy so I just put navy dad hat which apparently is illegal to do on Teespring so guys if you guys ever come out with hats don't ever put navy dad for a color of your dad hat because then it'll get taken off they're coming hunting for you watch out for the navy dad luckily I have friends in high places that work places such as Teespring shout out Jeremy Campbell who got that taken care of talked to one of the heads of uh, uh, what is it customer care got it taken care of within 15 minutes and got it put back up and we've been up and running since so 15 minutes is pretty quick that's very quick especially on a Friday night yeah Uh, I mean normally those people are gone this was after 5pm and he probably had some Duke basketball to watch he did he did I actually went and watched that game with him so well our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure so guys enjoy the tournament enjoy the tournament episode that you just listened to I think my bracket's better. BJ thinks my bracket's better as well. How are you? I'm going with the Cavs. And at this point, BJ's not cheering for the Cavs in this one. If it was our 20th win, I'd be okay with it. So would you give give this team, if if the Cavs got the number one pick in exchange for Virginia winning the title, what are you taking? No. I'm taking North Carolina. I like what you think. Yeah, that's a Give stupid. the Cavs the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, enjoy the weather. It's been nice outside. Uh, it's not raining when it's been warm, so that's been good. Uh, I'll try to feel better. If anybody else out there has got that uh, Kentucky crud, I guess is what they call it, get over it as well. Um, Hopefully warmer weather's are coming. Uh, yeah. I mean, the beef saw a shadow today, so that means no more, no more weeks of winter. I don't know what that means, but that's... It sounded good. Yeah. So, you guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Buy our shirts, buy our hat. Uh, shout out to... Uh, Isaac Simmons. Uh, Isaac Simmons for the bringing our design to life. Uh, we thought yep. that... I, I, we both agreed that he did a great job in what we wanted. Uh, we gave him an idea. He put it out there. Uh, we made a couple changes, and he made it perfect for us. Uh, I thought whenever I drew that up and gave the idea to BJ... And BJ threw a couple of uh, changes that he thought we should do. I thought he did exactly what we wanted. He did. He upped us out a ton. I mean, he gave us a little bit of input on stuff. He gave, gave us a couple of options. And then credit where credit is due. Your original idea to set it all in motion was the most important thing. So thank you again to Isaac. 
Um, he's got a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. He's got a cool clothing line as well, too. So if anybody needs anything in the future, uh, make sure you check him out. Also, if you're bored, he's got his own podcast as well, too. Uh, ours is way better. You know, typically anything that Isaac does, I'd say ours is way better. Like in basketball, <laughs> I'm way better. But while you're on there, 80 Proof is his episode. So um, check out 80 Proof, the podcast as well, too, while you're at it. Yeah, I mean, I've never – I mean, I've – played against Isaac in high school, but I don't really know him. Uh, I know people that do everything I've heard. He's a great guy. And for doing this, uh, I, I know he is. Uh, so help him out. You know, Support him just like you support us. Uh, he's a good local guy that you can get behind. And uh, I watched part of their episode. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was funny. They brought a lot of different stuff to the table. And It's an interesting concept as yeah. well, too. It's just brotherly talk, and um, it's one of those things where it's family-oriented, and uh, they, they've got a unique concept. So um, daily topics as well, too. He's a, he's a good person, and we appreciate his help. And we're actually going to try to get Isaac on at some point. Definitely. Uh, just, just to get him on and talk about kind of what he's doing. I know we pumped him up a little bit here, but uh, we like nothing more but to help out people that help us out and if we can get a guy out there and him talking about what he's doing and and can get some maybe some more listeners or followers that we're definitely behind that for sure thank you again yeah so guys keep liking keep sharing hopefully you enjoyed episode 80 uh we had a good time doing it uh hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to this before the games tomorrow uh we'll get it released in time for you to do that so guys keep liking keep sharing keep listening beef out